I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. To strap in and get ready. The leaders in NRL Supercoach are incoming. Bringing you the ultimate insight to help you win your leagues and climb up the rankings. You're now listening to the Insight NRL Show with your hosts, Brain, Matrix, and Whisperer. Yes, welcome back. It's the Inside NRL Show, bringing you all your NRL Supercoach preseason content to help you get your teams ready for round one. I'm your host, SC Brandon. My co-hosts are with me, Matrix and Whisperer. Uh, boys, Josh, firstly, how are you, mate? With 2RF, uh, I really hope you haven't talked too much today because we've got a bit coming up. Yeah, uh, in the in the in, in our lovely intro when our American friend says "strap in," it's uh, <laughs> it's no more fitting than today because it's going to be a fucking long one, but. It's a position that has many options, and I'm no mathematician, but not, but no one bats a hundred, so you got to try and find the right ones. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of finding the right ones, the Matrix is with us, uh, Maddie. You you said your two RF could be the best two RF this year. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I've got um, you know, what do you say? No one bats a hundred. I've got about uh, I've got about six people batting number seven on the uh, on the list here. <laughs> Um, but I reckon there's a bit of firepower, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's one of those positions, and, and we'll talk about it a lot in depth, obviously, today, but it's I reckon how you go into RF and how you start into RF could define your season. Um, there's a lot of very similar picks at hooker, at front row forward, even half, 5'8". You know, we're, we're starting to get into some pretty obvious options there in those positions, but 2RF is wide open, boys. So uh, we've got a <laughs> – I don't even know. We've probably got about 25 players to talk through, and that's – 
you know, underdoing it. Uh, so we'll cover them very soon. But guys, of course, the, the show is always brought to you by the Standard Squeeze, Ryan from Hammond's Home Finance and Bonus Bank. Make sure to hit subscribe, hit like, uh, and follow and leave us a review if you're listening on audio as well. If you're watching us on YouTube, I apologize for our mugs. We'll, we'll, we'll try our best mm-hmm. to look a bit better next time. But hit the subscribe button and, and, and a like as well if you'd like. Um, Guys, make sure to join the Unlimited League as well. Uh, I think we've got about 450, 500 people so far. 77141 is the code. It's a free uh, league to join. Total points, obviously. And the winner takes home an SC Champions ring. So uh, make sure to get involved and take us on. Uh, Josh, how are you sitting at 2RF? Because, look, a lot of us are looking at mid-range options here, aren't we? Yeah, I'm just pulling out my team quickly because it changes every second hour of the day. Uh, my <laughs> most expensive player currently right now is Sean Bloor, and that's 445k. Uh, and that goes away from pretty much every principle that I've ever built my teams on in years gone by. I've always had one, one sort of at a one sort of gun that that's at value, and then one sort of maybe slightly underpriced gun, someone like a Cam Murray this year, for example. But uh, this year, yeah, 445k is my most uh, most popular, and I've got five options, then maybe the six if we'll touch on um, this new Dragon's GP that's popped up. So I've potentially got six options that I can play at 2RF at this year. And uh, yeah, it's definitely different to Hooker where I've spent, you know, combined 600K. Um, yeah, six <laughs> viable for me in 2RF. Yeah, and I'm similar, I assume. You're the same, Matty. Have you got any primos in your 2RF or you go going mid-range as well? Yeah, my most expensive is uh, Bo Firma. Um, yeah, look, and lots of, uh, four guys in the four hundreds, um, which is usually something I go away from because I think it's quite mid, but I think all these guys can go big, can be, have a chance of being late 500, 600K blokes by the end of the year. That's the goal, isn't it? Pick them up at 450 and hopefully they turn into 650 keepers, uh, or at worst case, they get up to 650, 700 like Hopgood did last year and you can move him on to a guy that's a bit more reliable, but at the back end of the season, Maddie, do you want to take us through the top 10 most owned at the time of recording? Yeah, look, I'll start with Sean Lane, um, 39% owned, um, which I don't think it comes as a massive surprise, but when Supercoach opened, he was the highest owned player in Supercoach, uh, which was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, Josh Curran, 421k. Uh, Viliami Fafida, 204k at 29% owned. Brendan Piakura, 426k, 26% owned. Talis Duncan, 320k, 25% owned. He was pretty exciting last year. Jed Cartwright, um, almost a bottom dollar Cheapy going to the Knights at 23.6% owned. Uh, Big Tino, uh, 790K, um, probably helped by the front row forward Jewel, 18.5% owned. Uh, my boy, boy Bo Firma, 18% owned. Um, Josh Wong, Sua Wong, 462K at 15% owned. And Kickout, 488K at 14% owned. Um, <sighs> a lot of mids. Yeah, yeah, for good reason. I guess everybody's following the trend for us. I mean, Tino's the outlier in this group at nearly 800K. Everybody else is sub 450 or, or sub 470. Josh, uh, I'm assuming you've got a fair few of these guys and, and they're popular for good reason, right? Yeah, on the Sean Lane one, it was interesting. So I got very bored uh, end of November and sort of opened up the Supercoach app and just sort of had a look as to who we could target next year. This is before the app opens or anything. And I sort of had a look at Sean Lane. And I was like, hang on, there could be something here. I 
I'd never expected it to get to this sort of levels of of height, but it is for good reason, I guess. Um, average sixty two uh, two years ago, and then obviously had the busted jaw, had the preseason injury, and sort of came back a little bit. I mean, ring. All of these mid range two RFs have merit. So, for example, just my guys, I've got Lane, Bloor, Pierre Cora, Current, and my man crush Kai Pierce Paul. Lane underpriced due to injury and sort of you know coming back and forth last year. Bloor obviously underutilized the Tigers. Pierre Cora, you know, rookie playing a little bit of bench minutes here or there. Curran, same thing, bench minutes here or there. All four of those guys looks like they're getting starts. So uh, same with Kickow as well. Another one of these guys that had preseason injuries. Tino is the only outlier here. I would say Tino's ownership at 18.5%. I reckon 18.4% of that is at front row forward. I'd be very, yeah. very surprised if much of that's at 2RF itself. For feeder, um, you know, Cartwright, these are guys that are just spot fillers. And then Talis Duncan, he could be Smithies. He could be Kai Pierce-Paul. He could be Raymond Vitella Mariner. Like there is a lot of these 350K guys as well who at the moment, like we're, when we're building our teams, we're not really looking at players. We're just more looking at structures. Um, and Duncan could be just one of those 350K guys. So all of these top 10s have merit. The only one that really sticks out to me is probably Kickow at 14.2%. That seems a little high. But I guess just for how devastating he can be, we haven't seen that at the Bulldogs. Um, so hopefully we can see a kick on at the Bulldogs rather than it being at Penrith. Yeah. Uh, are we picking him at 488K? Or I think it's not. That's, I don't think that price is right. I think it's 448K or something like that. Um, are we picking him based off what he did at Penrith? Because obviously you just mentioned he, he hasn't really done it yet at, at the Bulldogs. Um Matty, is there any interest at all from you for Kickow, or is it one of those ones that you just need to see something from him at the Bulldogs first before you buy in? Yeah, and I think it's a really good spot to pivot. Like, if Bo Firma isn't the right guy, um, now that we said that he was 488K and 448K, he's actually 468K. So He's uh, right in the middle. Smack. <laughs> glad, <laughs> glad we got there in the end, guys. Yeah, um, we did. But, like, like it's not going to be a far cry from Sean Bloor if he doesn't really look himself at Melbourne. Maybe he plays a few more bench minutes and doesn't have that 80-minute role that I hope that he has. Like, maybe, you know, we can just move one of these guys to kick out and no harm, no foul. That's all I'm thinking yeah. with kick out. And that, honestly, that's all I'm thinking with a lot of these mid-range guys. Like, it's not far to go Piakura to kick out if Piakura isn't the guy that we expect him to be in the first three weeks of Supercoach. So um, it makes it really easy that there's so many 400 to 500K options that we can pivot. I nearly feel like, yeah, I'll probably waste a trade here or there in the second row forward to try and get the right ones. But I think it'll be easy to get the right ones this year. Yeah, I agree. I There is probably some merit. and I've seen some stuff floating around from a, a few creators talking about trying to have someone – at maybe a premium price of some sort, we'd probably say 600K plus, just to give you the freedom to move up and down wherever you need to. Like, let's just say one of these guys at 600K, 650K really pops off and becomes that kind of must-have with a role that we didn't expect or something like that. It's it's quite tough to go from a 450 up to a 650 to get on that guy. So is there merit, Josh, potentially, to looking at one of these primos, potentially, that we'll talk about tonight? Yeah, I guess this is the the, the structure debate. Um, for me personally, I'm not just because there's so many options. If there was only, say, four or five 450K options, then yeah, I'd be more inclined to because, you know, as much as I think the five guys I've picked are all going to be guns, they're not going to be. One of them's going to suck. 
Like that's just the nature of how averages work. And one of these 650K guys could be amazing. We've heard Cam Murray's going to play more time on the park in a sort of an edge role. So yeah, he could be the guy. But for me, if Bloor sucks, there's about six other people I can move to. Um, if there was only like two, then yeah, maybe I, I look at potentially moving off and playing up for a premium. Um, but for me, just with how wide the net is, the most I'm probably keen to spend is, you know, maybe something like 520 on, say, Adam Elliott that we'll touch on as well. But for me, I can see the appeal of having flexibility, but I'm just banking on the fact that there's a wide net for me to cast. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Um, is it worth diving in deeper into these picks or do are we happy to move on to the ones that are less owned? Um, a, a lot of these guys are well-owned for a reason. I mean, Sean Lane's a bit of a no-brainer, isn't he? Like, uh, we, we pick him because he, that connection with Dylan Brown and, and the season he had in 2022, don't we? Yeah, I think I think us sitting here doing 10 minutes on Sean Lane isn't going to move the needle too much. He's owned by 40% of teams. I expect that to rise to, say, 43, 44 by the time the game opens. I guess yep. the only one, the one that I want to touch on is Kikau, um, 468K, owned by 15% of teams. There, there is the debate of the injury. Um, so pre-injury, he had a 32, 36, 68, 34. Now, the 68 was his top score against the Tigers. We suck. The, the low score was 34 against the Warriors in New Zealand. He then, you know, got injured, missed a massive portion of the year, uh, came back and had a 57 in 62 minutes, a 33 in 73 minutes, a 60, uh, sorry, a 52 and 75, a 28 and 58, and a 73 and 80 to end the season. Now, I'm happy to discredit the two games we played less than 70 minutes. Take those out. He still averaged exactly 46. So, you know, I guess we could look at these first four as an indicator with 32, 36, 68, 34. That's just another 45 average. Like, it's just, that's what it is. I'm not seeing a huge amount of value in Kikau. Based on what we know about the Bulldogs, like if they come out and, and brain it in the first two weeks, then sure, whatever. But nothing from this Bulldog side suggests to me that Kikau is going to be this shit, even 55-point scorer, which is 10 points of value, when all these other guys are having you know, 15, 20, 25 points upside. So I'm not really keen on Kikau, and that 15% seems high, and it feels like a casual pick that, hey, he's a name. And, he's a and when we... Maddie, when we look at the draw to start the season for the Bulldogs, they've got the Eels away in game one. They've got the Sharks away game two. Then they've got the Titans, Souths, Roosters, Storm, Knights into the bye. So those four games that they play into the bye and even the game against the Sharks in round two, it's not exactly screaming great draw, is it? So like, what's what's the appeal with Kicker? I'm not sure I believe in Matt Burton enough for Kicker. Um, that honestly, it comes down to Matt Burton more so than it comes out to Kickow. Like, um, if I was adding Kickow in my team for 468k, I would have Matt Burton at 586k instead of a instead of a Dillbags or someone like that. Um, maybe even paying up from a Jaden Campbell. Um, I know I'm having a lot of a chat about my team in the halves in a second row forward podcast. But if I believe that much that I would pay that for kick out, well, then Burton's going to have an absolute rip snorter as well. So um, keep that in mind that if you think kick out is going to have this massive season, it's going to be because of Matt Burton and you need to have both. So, Yep. I also yeah, just I don't, don't think, that. I don't think kick out is the kind of guy that you start the season with either. Like he's a guy that you pick up in round 16 when he's 450k. Like, I don't think he's going to skyrocket in price. And if he does, he maybe averages like 52, 53. So you're paying up, you know, an extra 60k. 
I don't think he's a guy that you start the season with. I think he's a guy that you pick up as a sixth to our, to our F and you play in based off matchups. When your squad goes from, you know, most people probably have 17 good options, maybe 18 good options. When your squad goes from that to say 21 in like round 16, 17, like when you've got a little bit more depth and you can play based off matchups, that's what kick out is to me. Um, it's not like the Bulldogs have this like extraordinary draw to start the season either that we can just pay up for him. If he was, yeah. if he was a Sua Wong price, if he was a 400k, I, we may be having a different conversation, but it's just that extra 70k. It's that extra seven points that he has to score to, to have at least 10 points for me. So I'm pretty keen to fade kick out. I'd rather pay an extra 60k and get Adam Elliott from Newcastle as we'll, we'll touch on as well. But that's just, I think out of that top 10, that's the only one that I really want to touch on. Viliama Fafita and yep. Jed Kick, Cartwright, I don't want to give too much airtime to. Tellus Duncan, obviously it's a no-brainer if he starts. Uh, if he doesn't start, you've got Kai Pispol, you've got Smithies, you've got RFM. There's three other guys there that potentially would get a spot too. So they seem like structure picks to me. Um, do we want to chat Curran? Because he has a he has an average of like 65 when playing over 65 minutes. Albeit a lot of that was on the edge. Um, but he does like to get through some work. He has some really good attacking upside, loves an offload. We love these reckless players in Supercoach Brano. Like we love these guys that play unstructured footy and get their arm free and throw an offload here or there. People are worried about the minutes with Curran. I'm not because I'm so high on Max King. Because Therefore, I have to be high on Curran. Like it's Curran and, and Max King are really the only two good recognized middles. Yeah, you got your Liam Knights, but Kurt Mann isn't a guy that's going to take 15 hit-ups a game. Um, you know, Sam Hughes is still young. Chris Patolo is struggling with injuries. You've got guys like Kurt Moran who played somewhat last year. Harrison Edwards played a little bit last year too, but Karen's been brought in for a reason to add that extra oomph in the middle. Uh, and I actually, I really like him. I think he's probably the most expendable out of my list of edges, just because I think a lot of the edges I'm picking are playing 80. But if we get 60 minutes of Curran at like just, even just under one PPM, like that's still great value. Oh, 100%. I, th- I think the fact that he can rotate through, obviously he's going to probably start at lock to start the season, I'd say. And the fact that he can also play on an edge just gives him potentially an extra five to 10 minutes on the field that a lot of these other mi- pure middles just won't have the opportunity to do. We, we don't know how kick hours going conditioning wise. We know Preston can play 80 minutes and that that's not really a question, but uh, maybe kick hour is uh, eased into the season. Potentially he had a lot of time off last year. So for me, I, Curran is one of the guys I haven't taken out of my team the whole preseason. I don't know about you, Matty, but it just seems like a bit of an easy pick. A guy at lock that can offload well. He's got good attacking upside, like Josh said. Finds a try line, can play on an edge as well as a middle. The Bulldogs would be silly not to use him for 60-plus. If if he has a bad year, he still makes you 60 grand. So, yes, Josh Curran is currently in my team. But, yeah, I think if he has a bad year with the Bulldogs, he's still a 500K player. Like, he sort of went to the bench and everything in the Warriors outfit that they probably didn't need him. Um, like, they had Tohu. It was probably Tohu insurance, if anything, and Tohu had a great year. And we've got this 400K, I'm going to say borderline gun, in Josh Curran, and I think that he should... Honestly, I'm more confident in Curran than Lane. Do you think the Warriors last year were surprised in the, res- like, I wouldn't say resurgence, but in the uptick for Jackson Ford? Because 
everyone was kind of looking at Jackson Ford going, oh, this guy, like, yeah, he did okay at the Dragons a year before, but, like, he's not going to play 80 on an edge. He's just going to come on. He's going to be a bench guy. Josh Curran's going to be that guy for the Warriors. Do you feel like maybe just Jackson Ford just kind of grabbing it by the balls last year ended up with Curran on the bench, Josh? Is that is that the way that it played out? Yeah, and, and Murata Niakora. I think Murata Niakora was, re- was really good for them too. Um, and yeah. Josh Curran, yeah, just found him probably just a, a product of versatility as well. But a couple of things on, on Curran. Kickout was no 80-minute edge. Like, he's not some big motor middle. Like, Curran can fill in. And it may be only five minutes, but five minutes, even at 0.7 ppm, is an extra three points. And I know we're not talking huge motors here, but if he's on 60 and gets and gets an extra, you know, five minutes on the edge, that's great. I mean, Kickout... Average minutes of 72, 67, 61, 76, 74. Like, he's not on there for the entire field. And if we can get even a few more minutes out of current, it's what we'll talk about with Murray too. Like, it's not huge, but it's enough to really move the needle. Um, since 2021, when current had his breakout season, he's played 30 games over 60 minutes for an average of 65.3. So that's a pretty good sample. 30 games is more than a season's worth of sample, averaging 65.3. Uh, the score breakdowns in those 30 games one score between 1 and 30, um, no scores between 31 and 40, uh, six scores between 41 and 50, eight <laughs> scores between and 60, seven scores between 61 and 70, four scores between 71 and 80, one score above 80, one score above 90, and two scores above 100. So he has a pretty good floor. Uh, we saw there one game under 30, but a lot of his floor is between 41 and 50, and we're paying 41 for him. So if we're buying him at the low, like we talk about Supercoach plays in terms of stock, like we're pretty much buying current at, at the low. It can only go up. Yeah, that, I think that just makes it easier. We'd, we'd be having a very different conversation if current was 575K. It, it'd probably be a pass. But the fact is 420 is just fucking ridiculous. So you just got to jump on. Um, quick chat on Brendan Piakura before we move on. Maddie, you're probably the right guy to talk to about this. And obviously with the Kurt Capewell news going over to the Warriors, that, that opens up an edge spot. And Piakura is the obvious... Um, reciprocant of that. Is he the guy we all want him to be, though? Pekura signed his contract, and three days later, Kurt Mm. Capel was uh, touring the Warriors facility. Um, That's what the signing of Brendan Pekura was. Um, He's been touted fantastic. It feels like he's been in, at least in the conversation of Supercoach teams, for the last three years um, because of how good everybody thinks he's going to be. Um, is he that good? We don't really know. Um, is he going to be that good in a, in a season? But he's going to get the opportunity this year. And at 420K, in like when we're talking about adding players on struggling teams, like you want to add 420K players from the Bulldogs. Well, the Bulldogs suck. Um, Piakura is going to get fantastic ball this year the Broncos made the finals and like we're in this perfect storm with the Broncos where there was a few changes and we've got some young guns coming through that we could add in our teams that are already going to get fantastic ball that are already playing in a in a winning culture like Pierre could score tries out there on that edge like Pierre could you know I think I expect him to play 80 minutes don't you Oh, yeah, for sure. I think he should. Yeah, uh, at Kate least he's going to be playing 60. Kate will average 75, and Ricky has averaged 75 as well. So I think he's playing uh, it's north of 70. Yep. Yeah, so um, Piakura at 420K in that Broncos team um, that seems to have the firepower. Um, 
I think Piakura might already be better than Jordan Ricky. Um, I might get crucified for that one. Um, but I I'm more confident in Piakura's ability than Jordan Ricky. And I and I like Jordan Ricky. Um, good bloke and all that. But yeah, no, Piakura could be a generational talent and you get him at 420k. He could be 600k next year. Yep. Yeah, I think it's an I think it's a pretty good pick. 26% owned is a still kind of like I feel like it's maybe under owned a little bit, Josh. I may be in the, the the opposite camp here. I think the hype is a little bit over the top. Like I want it on the record that he's in my team. He hasn't left my team all preseason, but he's the probably the first person that's expendable um out of my side. And the only reason I say that is because Kirk Catewell averaged 54 last year, Ricky averaged 49. Like they're not a huge edge team. Like they have a lot of strikeout wide that they'll use. Um, they love to go Reynolds Walsh at the back, which is fair when you've got a guy like Walsh, you've got Stags, you've got Cobo, you've got Mariner, you've got Arthurs. Like there is a lot of strike in this team. He had what eight eight starts last year. Um, sorry, he had four starts last year for an average of sixty, priced at forty one. Uh, but those scores were made up of a forty eight, a thirty six, an eighty seven, a fifty, and a seventy seven. So it has a good ceiling, has a pretty F floor. I. Yeah, I'm not saying that he's a bad pick. He's in my side. I want that on the record. I, I just, I think out of this crop of like elite middle, like middle price guys, like I'm taking a kick out. I'm not keen on kick out at all. But if you put like Thurmore, um, you know, any of the Roosters guys, uh, Curran, Bloor, Lane, like I've probably got Piercore at the bottom of that pile. And that's just yeah. due to the age. That's just due to the team structure and how they're made up and, and work rate. Like I want to see the work rate from him. Um, and it's hard with these Vegas guys because a lot of them play their trial a day or two before they leave for for Vegas. So we're not going to see a whole lot of preseason footage of them. So yeah, I'm not saying that he's going to come out and be a bust, but I, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged 46 after six weeks and he's sort of just yep. plodding along. I'm and... more confident in P. I'm more confident in Piakura than some of these Roosters guys because there's just so many mouths to oh, feed. A huge like, minutes caveat. If, but if like, you said to me, if if I said to you, "Hey, I've I've tra- I've time traveled and saw Wong's playing 75 minutes, and you've got to have him or or Piakura. Yeah, hundred percent. But like, it's not going to happen. Like, if you said to me, yeah, Sua Wong was playing for the Broncos. Like, if you said Sua Wong was playing exactly that same spot for the Broncos, it'd be Sua Wong as well. Um, I think that they're both that similar sort of fantastic young talent. Like, if Crichton was playing that spot for the Broncos, you'd have Crichton as well. Like, it's just I gross, just though, think there's like too many paying... mouths to feed at the Roosters. I just think in years gone by when we keep saying, oh, he's such a talent, we're paying 280K for this talent. We're paying 330K yeah. for this talent. We're now paying, you know, north of 400k for a guy that's only had a handful of starts. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I've got Sean Bourne on my team, so I can't sit here and say, yeah, "Oh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a bad play." It's just, it's always not fun. You'd much rather pay the money for a, a proven guy who has, like a Josh Curran, who has at least 30 games of good results, than a guy like Nico, Nico. Uh, I was gonna say Nico, a guy like um, Pierre Cora that has played, mm. you know as many games as I've, as I've had hot dinners. So it's just like, it's a bit, it's a bit gross. I wouldn't be surprised if you average 63. I wouldn't be surprised if you average 45. You're not going to lose money on your investment, but it's, it's a weird one. How many it's hot tough. I'm looking at, <laughs> not many. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, 10 games last year. So 10 hot dinners. Um, <laughs> in games that he played 80 minutes last year, he scored 48, 36, 
87, and then uh, he got 50 in the last round. So that, that's in 80-minute games. And then obviously in 50-plus-minute games, he got a 15 and a 30 in the first two games he played last year. And then he got a 77 in 67 minutes, and, a, uh, and that's it. So there's a lot of up and down. And when I look at the amount of base that he generates, it is 28 points in base per game, which is very low. So we're relying on them using him through an edge a lot, I think. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I can get where Josh is coming from. I think it's a, a bit too much of a slam dunk pick just to start. To, let's just see how we go. And like you said at the start of the episode, Matty, you can just kind of pivot and, and move off him if it doesn't work out. But in saying that, I wouldn't actually mind before we move on to the three premium guys we'd like to talk about is to have a bit of a chat about both or more. Because for me, it's really dependent on which side of the field he's playing. Josh, like if he's on the left, it's a fucking no-brainer pick. But if he's on the right, the question marks start to pick up like he's outside Tanner Boyd as opposed to Kieran Foran. Does that change things for you at all? He doesn't have that Kubrick Park connection, does he? Like it's, it's, <laughs> no, he doesn't exactly. have the Queensland, Queensland schoolboys connection. <laughs> yeah, but he, Does it change but he plays bridge. Yeah, he plays bridge with Tanner Boyd, I heard. And that's uh, um, that's actually a really good thing. So It's... Yeah, um. It's an interesting one with with both Fermo. I'm just trying to squint as hard as I can and pull up his um his little profile from 2022. But he obviously excelled on the left, and Fafita excelled on the left when he stepped in last year. He's a guy that that does have upside. He does have attacking upside. Does have the buy in round two. I want to say, which is not ideal. You're going to have to rely on one of your 18th, 19th options on your bench. He he is he was a gun. It's hard that, to come off a, off an ACL, but he did does have pretty much the full year for it. There's a lot of factors where I'm just a little bit unsure. New coach, unknown role, early buy, injury history, and then the fact that he's probably 40k too much for what I want to spend. Like I'd love him to be 410, 420, but you know, being what he is at. He's only getting a twenty percent discount on what he uh, scored in two thousand and twenty-two. It's um, it's an interesting one. Like, I, I want to hear your boys' thoughts because for me, the jury's still out on on Fermor. I'm generally a guy that has my stake firmly in the ground. I've got an opinion either way, but Fermor's one of these guys where he could just get no ball and just put up forty-five. I'm worried. I'm cons- if I see him on the right side of the field and for feeder. Is it is on the left? Which naturally, I actually think that's the way it's going to go. They, you can't move Fafita from the year that he had last year. You can't move sides. He had a good connection with Foran. Doesn't make sense for it, to throw him over the other side of the field. So if I see him and it's confirmed that he's that Firma's on the right side of the field, I might fade. What about you, Matty? Also, sorry, Matty, it's... just quickly. Also, Fafita takes up so much of the attention on the opposition that AKP yeah. he just gets free roam on the wing and yeah. like. No disrespect to Fermor, but you can just—I just smashed it. I just smashed a glass. Um, you can just mark. You can just mark AKP out of the side. You can just keep everyone standard, and and Fermor is just a meat and potatoes player. Yeah. Okay. Yep. First things first. You can't smash a tin. Um, so I'm I'm going fantastic <laughs> in this one. Um, as someone, is, def- is there a good time for a standard squeeze plug now? Uh, I've definitely, uh, I've definitely spelt drinks on me live in the pod, uh, but yeah, again, like it, it depends what side that he plays. Um, and actually, taking Josh's advice a bit earlier on that, if you're going to take a mid-range guy, 
take the most expensive ones so that you've planned ahead. And if I needed to pivot firmer due to the trials, him playing on the right, him not getting a lot of ball, him not looking fantastic, then hey, I'll just I'll just pivot firmer onto someone. But currently he's my most expensive player. He it was a genuine gun, but that was in a team that won what, 20% of their games in 2022? He scored 11 tries that year. He was fantastic. But, like, he's coming back into the side in a, dare I say, a good Titans side now. Um, And he's definitely not going to be the focal point that he was. I'm not saying a great Titans side, but he's a good, it's a good team now. Yeah. Firma just quietly in 2022 finished with a season of 74 61, 93, 105, 84, 107. <laughs> he went at a pretty good clip to finish the season. Uh, and, I mean, that's without four. He's 400K. So. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Coming back from ACL as well, we've got to, we've got to take that in, into consideration as well. You know, he's coming back from a season-ending injury, but the good thing is he's had a full preseason. So, that, that you know, that it's kind of an argument for and against. We just sort of said his worst case scenario is 45. So say he plateaus out with 45. Honestly, I could bench him for a couple weeks. Maybe he jags a try and, and scores a 60 and goes up in price for a bit. And then I own him and he could be a season long keeper for you. Really? The, 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 the question is though, how many of these, oh, well, if he shit, I'll just trade him out. Guys, do you want, like we've already said, Pierre Cora could definitely be that. We could we could say uh, firmer could just be very meat and potatoes if you know he's on the right. Like apart from Lane and Curran, like a lot of them have those question marks. Otherwise, they'd be eight percent owned. Like how many of these guys that we go? Oh well, if they suck, I'll just move them on. Like how many of those do we want to carry? Because I probably don't want to carry more than two. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I think exactly I think same. you could hold. Like we just said, worst case scenario, firmer holds his price. If you've got to hold him for. Six weeks extra until you have a luxury trade. You're still not losing money. But you're losing points. Yeah. You know, we've got to also keep into consideration you you don't want to be fucking 40K after six weeks just you because you picked to... three of the wrong blokes at 2RF. But do you even need to play a 400K player? That's all I'm saying. Like if You're going to have to Bloor's... play three of them. Yeah, if Sean Ke- Bloor's on fire, Sean Lane's being Sean Lane, and Piakura or Curran is good. You can just bench Firma for five weeks if he's averaging 45. Uh, that's all I guess I'm the, saying. He's not costing you anything. And the, the question becomes, can you get it right every week? You know, like, well, I'm sure we're going to play the wrong guy at 2RF and we're going to bench the wrong guy. And, you know, like it's, uh, yeah, it, there's so many arguments for and against. And we just literally talked through the 10 most owned guys, or not even, probably five of them. Um, and there's so much contention, even between us as a group, on even, what we agree on. Long, like, we're not going to have an in-depth chat on Sewell Wong, but like he's another one. It's just like, fuck, there's yeah. about seven people. And we've said this every episode. Like The Roosters guys is about 400 people to, to get minutes for. He's another one that could just play 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and you're like, well, fuck. Then what do I do? <laughs> like It's just there's a lot of these guys who on the surface are like, oh, fuck, they're 420K. They could average 65. They could also average 42 and just be what they're priced at. So it's, it's very contentious. And that's why... It is. The, the premiums, I guess, are the the best ones to go for, and we'll touch on those uh, in due course. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that very soon. Before we do, Inside Unlimited, it's finally here. It's something we've been working on in the background for a very long time, and you get access to all of our thoughts, exclusive Q&As all throughout the season, draft rankings, and, and tons more. And look, if that's not enough for you, 
and you just want to support the team here and you want to support the podcast, it's only 25 bucks a year. It's like less than a dollar a fortnight. Uh, Mick Dell, the big horse, he described it as an upsized zinger box, and that's probably the best comparison I can give you because um, we're, we're all for KFC here at Insight. Uh, I saw Matty's uh, eyebrows raise when, when he heard the word zinger box. So, uh, Fuck. I tell you what, Uber Eats might be dropping that bad boy off later tonight. <laughs> But for twenty five, but for twenty five bucks, you get access to all three of us, including all the experts on the other shows as well: AFL, NBL, EBL. Yep. When it rolls around, it's a it's a full year commitment. Um, I know that certain newspapers have subscriptions that cost the same amount. Like we have all the info as well that gets posted in there, so you're not having to, to double dip with multiple subscriptions. Trades advice, rate my teams. Um, the consensus team, which ranked very very well last season. Like I said, access to all three of us pretty much whenever you need. Um, yeah, it just helps keeps the lights on, and uh, yeah, for twenty five bucks a week, that's what fifty cents a week. For yeah. twenty five bucks and a look, week, I could be your coach. Sorry, twenty five bucks a year, which is like fifty cents a week. Nah, twenty five bucks <laughs> a week if you want me. <laughs> I asked him to write super above his hat, and he said he wouldn't do it because he liked the blue. And I just said, "Put me in, coach." <laughs> um, let's let's talk primos because. I mean, we've talked Titans a fuckload, and I guess this kind of flows into the next two guys because these two are the top two primos. One not so well-owned, but another one very well-owned at 18 and a half. So, but let's talk the guy less owned first and David Fafita because he was the guy last year, Josh, that you go, I don't give a fuck how much he costs. I will buy this guy and I'll start at the season, but it's a different conversation that we're having this year. Yeah, Fafita, well, we. Uh, Price at a 66 last year. So you were buying him at like 660K, like... Yep. Fuck me. <laughs> Imagine that this year. Um, didn't quite hit the tops of his 2021 season, but it's very hard to do that during PVL ball. But still averaged just a comfortable 82 at 2RF, uh, playing 75 minutes a game, injury-free, played 22 games, like played pretty much the entire season, which was unreal. Scored nearly 1,800 points. Um, a coefficient variant rating of 31%, which for Fafito, that's fucking unreal. Like, that is elite numbers for him. Has a ceiling that no one else can touch. I remember... Early in the season, I want to say it was like round nine. For, for like round nine to just before the bye, he went like 109, 115, 106, 110. And I remember people didn't jump on because of origin. But I took the plunge. I think I brought him just after his first bye, which was like round five. Um, and yeah, reaped the rewards. Like he was unreal. Uh, yeah, Fafita, he was, he was just... Everything went right for him. On the left there, linking up with Foran, AKP had a great season because of it. Um, the conversation has shifted d- drastically this year just because of the pool of plays that we have uh, for Fafita. This, we'd be lying if it wasn't the injury as well, right? Like the the torn pec, the yes. questionable Surgery. preseason. Oh, it, it, it's Fafita though. Like if there's one guy that you go, I don't give a fuck about the injury, it's Fafita. Like... The guy's just a fucking beast, Matty. Like, it, he is probably, or actually, no, not even probably. He is easily the best two RF in the game in in Super Coach. So the question becomes: with all these mid range guys, do we pay up the eight hundred and thirty two k, which is a lot, and sacrifice a guy like Nathan Cleary, or a Harry Grant, or a, an expensive CTW, or a second fullback gun to get in David Fafita? Like, you know me, I'm a bit of a punter, which is why I've had a, like, legit had a punt on these mid-range guys at this stage. But I made one mistake last year, and that was 
moving David Fafita out of my team for like four weeks over Origin because I was like, well, he's like I started the year with him, um, held on to him, um, traded him out thinking, hey, he's only playing what? two of the next five weeks and, like, he got something stupid, like 121 of those games. Like, I should have just sat him on my bench. Um, it was hard to get him back in um, due to the um, due to the price rises and everything. But I'd be really happy to have Fafita in my team. But it's just the addition of Firma, the injury, the fact that he's 830K and not, what, 660K like he was at the start of last year. It just makes it harder, and I think I can do more with the extra 400K from a firma to Fafita and have a punt. And maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I spend four weeks trading out guys to get Fafita at some stage during the year. That's the thing. <laughs> but- like, so fucking hard. Like, like I've spoken about all preseason, how terrified I'd be not owning Turbo. I'm only fucking more petrified not owning Fafita because he had that weird game last year where he played like 30 minutes against South. That was like after he backed up from Origin and everyone was off him. But I'm happy to, to, to I'm happy to remove that game from memory. So if we take out that game, this is six scores in a row. 114, 100, 111, 116, 121, 107. Six weeks in a row. Like that was just him, peak middle season, unreal. Captain. For feet, yeah, he was. And then and then if you had him, you rolled into Gutho when Brown was out, who got like four hundreds in a row. Like it was just great times over origin. The thing with Fafita is we always say, oh, how inconsistent he is, how up and down he is, how volatile he is he had two scores under 50 all year and they were a 43 and a 47 like there was no bad games for him yes there was the one game against south we played 33 minutes but whatever apart from that man like he was lethal like 21 sorry yeah t- taking out that that shit shit game 21 games played 19 games over over 50 and they're numbers and- that we've never seen from him before in terms of like, historic consistency yeah, you're right. That's and that, I think that's the big point. We're all holding on to what we know of David Fafita pre 2022, where one week you come out and get 150, the next week you get your 37. And I think maybe that what oh, it was a contract year for half of the year last year. So that you know, do you buy into that or not? Oh, I don't no. personally. But Des Hasler. Is that now a question mark as well? Because he's going to come over and probably shake things up over there at the Titans. Is Fafita going to be better for Des being there? I'd probably argue he will be. So the question now becomes, do you spend up? And and look, at the moment, he's not in my team just purely because it doesn't make sense to spend that much money when we're shaping our starting team. Uh, I would prioritize Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary in the same team than getting Fafita. I think that's probably the decision that I need to make. Do I want two, the best two halfbacks in the game and probably the two highest scorers in the game? Or do I want to take a punt on Fafita in, in a position where he's a fucking pod right now? He's sub 10% owned, Josh. Yeah. The problem with Fafita is there is upside, but there's not 180 points against the Dragons fresh off a hamstring injury. Um, yeah. 200, 225 points versus the, the Titans in Magic Round 2021. Like, he goes big, but not captain big. In drafts, yeah. I think let's have a draft discussion. Is he your first top ten? Yep. Yeah. No, I'm not even thinking twice. If you have like if you have like pick six, pick seven, and you have to build your team around someone, do you look at Fafita and go, "You're my guy," or do you take like a yeah. do you? Ta- and this is if you don't if you don't play captain. Yeah, I was gonna say this is based off non-captains leagues, which I don't play. Yeah. But like, you look at him and just go, "Would I rather you 
or like SJ, I'd probably rather for feeder. Oh yeah. Oh, I'd that's take not Fido even a question. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. He he is a top six pick, guaranteed. I mean, you, you get Nathan. You got Nico Hines going one, Nathan Cleary going two, or other way around. Whatever your preference is, it doesn't really matter. Those two are one and two. Walsh, Pong, uh, Walsh, Ponga, Turbo, maybe drink water. Um, and then, yeah, then you're like... Nico Cleary. Nico Cleary, one and two. And then your rotation of four fullbacks. And if yep. you're... At, I don't mind being at pick seven, eight, nine this year because you've got Trell, you've got Fafita. Yeah, I was just about to say Trell. Like, you've yep. got all these guys. You're like, fuck, I can go either way. Whereas in years gone by, you don't get pick one. Or if you're at the back end of the hook, you're like, fuck, this is grim. But that middle period of the first round is actually a decently good value this year, I think. But going back to Classic, he's a guy that if you paid for Insight Unlimited, 25 bucks a year, 50 cents a week, and you sent us your team and it had Fafita in it, I can't sit there and go, oh, you got to remove Fafita. Like okay. he's, if you find the cash for him, fucking load it. I'm all in if I can get the cash for him. Like if if for whatever fucking reason, Cleary or Hines was out for like eight weeks, mate, he's in. He's the first player I try and get in my team if there was a primo spot in my team. It's as simple as that. Um, The problem is we're prioritizing the guys with the high upside and and that's fine. You're allowed to do that. What we're doing doing is fucking boring. Don't get me wrong. We're doing what everyone else is doing is picking all the 40K guys. That's shit. If you want to have some fun, fuck me. Like if if my rank wasn't so attached to my status as like a SC creator, I'd fucking 100% have Fafita. 100%. So are you saying the community team should have Fafita in it because we're just oh, voted for two man. RF? All right, well let's let's get the insight team happening and we'll we'll push this Fafita agenda. I'm I'm all for it, boys. Let's talk Tino because he's the second. Same draw, very nice draw, mind you. They've got the dragons into the bye, but then they've got the do- they've got the dogs and the dolphins, the cowboys and the raiders, round like the first six rounds. So the Titans draw is very juicy. Tino seven ninety one k. He averaged seventy seven and a half last year. Uh, I mean, look, the, the, the buy or the draw, sorry, for uh, the origin guys from the Titans isn't ideal because they miss 13, they miss 16, they miss 17, and they miss 19. So that there's, you may as well trade these guys out before origin. Uh, except we did that last year, Matty, for David Fafita and didn't fucking work at all. Um, so maybe save him. But, I mean, the, the one thing for me, I looked at Tino's stats before we hopped on here. He had 57 in base. That is fucking huge. From In terms of base stats, that is the largest base stat number from last season that I've seen so far since looking through these stats. He also only played 62 minutes a game and averaged nearly fucking 80 points. Like that 1.2 wild PPM. scores. We talk, so it, being, we talk about him being an origin sort of iffy. I mean, I'll read you that middle period of the year from sort of round 12 to round 20. 108, 103, 93, 95, 58. Then missed a fair chunk of games with some injury. But still, like over Origin, he was he was great. He is a guy that has a... We're not talking... I know he's in the 2RF podcast, but we're not talking about him from a 2RF standpoint. Yeah, no. He yeah. has more upside than Haas. He, he has more upside than Haas. Oh, big time. He's probably, a, he's probably a better pick than Haas as well because of the duel. It's just everyone's going Haas for some reason. If I had the money, I'd, I'd, I'd rather Tino. It's just that early buy puts me off. But what's this? One, two, three, four games over 100? Like, Haas isn't doing that. Not a chance. So Haas scored one try and three line breaks last year, all year. Uh, Tino scored six tries last year alone. I didn't even look at the line breaks. He had 74% of his games last year above 60. Like, 
that, you know, we're, we're talking coefficient of variance as well. We're talking consistency. If, if you're scoring over 60 that often in three quarters of your games, you've got to be a serious consideration. And, uh, you know, yeah, the cons might be uh, he's had his biggest year last year in, in history. You know, he's had his biggest Supercoach year. 11-point increase on his best year in Supercoach, Matty. He's priced at his peak, though. Now, let me ask you this. We talked about this a couple of uh, episodes ago around a good draw could actually hurt forwards. So with the Titans, if they do really well to start the year and they've got some really nice matchups, does Tino spend too much time standing under the goalposts at either end? To Does that drop his base? Oh, look, I don't think it affects it too much. I think Tino's priced at what he'll get. I also think Payne Haas has priced at what he'll get. Um, and I've classically never really added Broncos, but I just felt like that sort of burnt me last year. I don't think you ever move in Tino to second to second row forward uh, when he's got the front row forward duel. I think he's just an 800K player that you're paying 800K for with an early buy, and that scares me. That's the thing. That's the thing. You talk about Tino having an 11-point increase. So did Haas. Haas averaged 63 two years ago yeah. and then 74 last year. If there wasn't this early buy... I'm paying the extra 40k. Like yeah, if, if Haas had a clean, if if you know had a clean run through until Origin like the Cowboys do, like I'm paying the extra 40k and just getting Tino because the jewel is so handy. Um, the fact that he plays, you know, he has a great PPM similar to Haas, but plays probably slightly more minutes. Has a you know more attacking upside. He is more relied upon in his team for attack than say a Haas is. Like another one of these guys, like if you had Haas in your team over for feeder, I'm not going to say no. Like if you've got cover, if you set your team up that you have three playable front row forwards or you've set your team up where you have a Keenan Palisade, or not because he plays the Titans, if you have like Liam Knight as your front row forward three or Sam Hughes shows he's playing 40 minutes off the bench and, and can score 40 points, fuck, go all in on Tino. And I'd prefer him over Haas. Yeah. I mean, the 40 points just means do you go for an Angus Crichton versus a Beau Fermor? There's 40k, you know that that that's the question. So there's there's so much room to move in 2RF. Um, th- we'll move off Tino because you know yeah he's 18 and a half percent, but it's front row forward conversation. So boys, we've got three guys that are priced in between Tino and Cam Murray, and that's Jermaine Hopgood, Britton Nicara, Isaiah Yo. So is there much to say on these three guys? Is there any conversation that we're having around why we should be Picking any of these three guys? I'm no. not keen on Hopgood at all. Like, just, yeah, I'm just not. Um, yeah. Talk about a cat with nine lives. Like last year, that bloke fell on his feet every time. He was he he reeked of Nico into during 2021. Pat was out for three weeks. Nico played there. After that, three weeks happened. Munster was out for four weeks, and then Munster was out for four weeks, and then Pat was out. And Nico always found his feet at the storm. Last year, yeah. Hopgood, yes, it was unreal, but you know. Everyone seemed to, to get injured the minute that, that, that the replacement was back. Well, not the replacement, but the person that was going to take minutes out. Like, I remember it really hit home for me was when Maddo got the flu because he was going to come back in and take – and I was like, Maddo got the flu and then someone else got fucking injured. And then, yeah, Hopgood just carried through. Like, I'm, I can't base my analysis off people getting injuries that are favorable for players. And I think he's priced at value. Um, I think he's going to be in origin conversations this year. I think the Eels have a sneakily good forward pack. Bolo, RCG, Makahisi, Makatoa. Um, there's a couple others. I'm didn't thinking, RCG um, miss half the season too? Like yeah, yeah, everything yeah. went. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Look, yeah, that's a no. And he's low owned, so that's fine. We can probably move through him. Nicaro, yo, same kind of thing. I mean, Nicaro with the nice draw, though, Josh. Like, is there yeah, is there any love for him there? That's my thinking. I mean, Warriors away from home is ideal. But Broncos, Tigers, Raiders, and then a buy in round five. Like, pretty good five-week play. And if if Nico goes off, Nico is going to go off. And you can have that yep. really juicy stack. Um so I don't I don't hate the Nicker Rochelle. Like he's not someone that I can find the money for. And when people are listening to this and we say, Oh, look, we don't have them, it's not because we don't like them. Like if you mm. gave me extra 300 k I'd have Nicker on my side. He has a great base. People, there are certain supercoach podcasts out there that say Nicker has a shit base. Nicker has the same basis for Fida, who we've just said it was overly ultra consistent. Um, which is like upwards of 50. And Nico has a great attacking upside. He is probably the best line runner in the comp. Like when Nico hits him short, good luck stopping him. Great, great early draw. Find the cash for Nico. It's a great stack to have, but you've got to have Nico. I don't think you can have either yep. or because if, if Nico goes off, you want to benefit from Nico as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair short. Uh, Joe, Joe is just sure. Meat and potatoes, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like like, you, you, like having Carrigan. Wait. Yeah, and, like, I mean, Carrigan was awesome last year, and Yo was great last year as well. And, and that's you know what you're going to get from him, but like, there's just no upside in them at all. So, like, yeah, if you classic. want your sixty, draft. sixty to seventy, great. great that, that's where it ends. Great, great second draft round draft pick. Absolutely, absolutely. Not, not Let's talk about the next guy though, because Cam Murray. That there's a little bit of interest and intrigue in Cam Murray because there's been word out. Uh, Maddie, that he's going to potentially shift to an edge throughout the year, which means more time on the field. Um, does that mean potentially more points? Uh, you'd kind of naturally assume that it does, right? 639K is unders, isn't it, for Cam Murray? Yeah, I love Cam Murray. Um, I was a bit more of a – I was real high in the preseason on Angus Crichton, um, and then, of course, the, all those issues come, and I pivoted to Cam Murray. He was a bit disappointing last year, but I think – Heading into this year, it can only be better. Um, had his injury concerns last year? Like, I don't think 600K is Cam Murray's floor, right, Josh? Huge PPM drop-off. Like, huge PPM drop-off. Like, he played the most minutes of his career last year with 68 minutes a game. And people are sitting there saying, oh, Demetrio doesn't use him. Like, he played 68 minutes a game but had a huge yeah. PPM drop-off, 1.17, 1.01, 1.13, 1.09, and then 0.92 last year. So that was like a nearly a 0.1 drop-off. Um, had the lowest score of his career because in years gone by, Matrix, he's gone 69, 68, 70, 71, and then down to a 63 last year. And that really coincided with that PPM drop-off. If he is going to be playing, say, 65 minutes through the middle and then playing 5 or 10 minutes on the edge and getting close to 80, then he's going to be fucking unreal. Um, Braino, we were just saying with Murray, like he played the most minutes of his career last year, but had a massive PPM drop off, but he can, he can definitely get back to what he was even like the year before last 71 average. Yeah. The, I think the difference, and I looked at this, um, shout out to NRL Supercoach stats website. Those guys are doing an awesome job over there. He, he, I mean, I feel like he's priced at his floor. He had a 50 base, right? But we look at his base he had a 51 base last year and a 50 base the year before that. So his base is 50 to 51 the last three years straight. The only difference in his scoring last year was his, his um, score create and evade. Only 16 points last year versus 23 and 20 the two years before that. So we're just missing out on that attacking upside that we know that Cam Murray's capable do, of. 
do you think that, that coincides with Cook's downfall? Yeah, potentially that quick ruck speed, um, you know, the darting out of dummy half and, you know, Cam Murray loves to follow up through the middle. So yeah, potentially it could be, um, you know, and, and if, if, if Damian Cook's role is different, if they're asking him to do a little bit different and maybe just get the ball to the halves a little bit more often, then maybe he does hurt him. But we know That's... that Cam Murray's play the ball speed has always been his advantage, right? You know, that, that quick play the ball speed, that quick ball up through the middle. That's where Cam Murray scores his points. That's my concern. It's probably not, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but if you look at Campbell Graham's averages and look at Cam Murray's averages, like, is it a case of them getting more strike in the outside backs? And does it worry you that Whiten's now there? So you've got Munro and AJ, like two very quick, speedy wingers, and then you've got uh, Graham and Whiten that are both you know, really strike centers. Do you worry that Demetrio is going to pivot more to being like, well, let's just get through the first three tackles and let's get the ball out wide to these guys? Do you, do you think that this happens with Cam Murray or do you think the fact that you're paying for a 63-point average and it can't get any worse? It's not like we're paying for a 42 average from Bo Fermor that if he just scores 42, it's a bit of a plotting score. If you pay for 63 for Cam Murray and he scores 63, you're not looking at your app on Monday morning going, oh, well, fuck, he's got to go. Like 63 is fine, isn't it? Yeah, 63 is fine, but also wouldn't you rather spend that 200K elsewhere and just get one of these 450K guys? Like we're not paying for Cam Murray to get 63. We're paying for Cam Murray to get 71. And and if he doesn't... It's much easier to stomach though. It's what I'm saying is it's much easier if you look down and go, okay, you know, we got a slight green arrow. Cam Murray scored 65. That's all right. Then for you going, fuck, you know, we we lost rank by 20 points. Shit, what happened? Oh, both firm only got 42. That's the fourth week in a row. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. In, in a perfect world, we spend the money elsewhere and we get more points. But if you're paying for Cam Murray to get 71 and he gets a 64, is it really the end of the world? Like people no, are paying really. people are paying for both firm to get back to what his best was, which was a 60. And that's more hard to stomach when he's pumping out 45s. I know it's I know it's the same value in terms, and this is the hard thing with like points versus value. It's like you're paying for the same value. You're paying for their floor and you're getting their floor. But if the floor is still 20 points better, that's much easier to stomach and not rage trade. Thoughts, so Matty? So I've got I've got two things. Um, I heard someone say it's because Cam Murray's getting old. It's because he's 26 years old. He's so like 26. He's getting old. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Twitter. Um, yeah, they're like, oh, the drop-off was just Cam Murray's age. I was like, he's 26. He was 33. It's all down here for us, I'm at, I'm at peak performance. And uh, Braino, was that a piss or a beer break? Piss. I've got, oh, I've got okay, my beer cool. sitting here. Yeah, yeah cool. The, was, the seal's the, been broken. Yeah, yeah. no. That, no that's it was broken was before the show started. Um. Good question, though. Very good question. Yeah. Uh, I saw you disappear well, during one of the ad breaks. So uh, we'll... it was both. Okay. It was both. <laughs> yeah, good. Cam Murray, Cam Murray dropped to 460K last year. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, good. We were, we were, uh, every single content creator was sitting there looking at Cam Murray going, do we just get him for the sake of it's Cam Murray at 400K? Yeah. Um, it's worth, it's worth, oh, it's some, some cause light. Uh, it's yeah. worth noting he also had a 71 three-round average and a 70, sorry, a 71 three-round average and a 73 five-round average at the, at the end of the year. So really mm. came back into his own. As I said, you know, bottomed out at 467K, finished the year at 630K, gained 200K in a matter of, what, six weeks. Um, yep. He got back to what he was his best. He got back to his 2022 best at you know, 71 average for the for the run home. So, And that wasn't because of any, like, huge scores. It wasn't like a massive outlier. It was a 76, 76, 72, 48, 74, 92 at the end of the season. 
<coughs> nice little move for anybody who jumped on him at the end. That's for sure. But yeah, look, the question becomes, do you pay up for him this year with that many 400K guys? And it's the same fucking question we're going to ask all night is, do you pay up when you can get the guys at value? So that that's, I guess, the message. Well, I guess we, we spoke about Cam Murray and, and him having a great end back end of the season. I guess that could lead into a couple of Newcastle Knights options, boys. And the first one I want to talk on is obviously my love interest in Adam Elliott. Now, we know how good he was for the Raiders, and we were all sitting here, every content creator was sitting here in the preseason saying, fuck me, Adam Elliott, he's going to be a, a ripper for the Knights. You know, we're getting him at a good price because Ricky didn't use him at the start of the season. Suffered some injuries in the in the preseason and, you know, really struggled to to find his own last year. But when he did you know, get his, his chance to shine, he had a five-round average of 63 to finish the season. Um, he's currently priced at 517K, so about a 50-point average. And we know how good he was. Uh, even at the Bulldogs, he was, you know, a very, very solid super coach option at the Bulldogs. Obviously, was unreal for the Raiders two years ago. Since 2022, Elliott's played 31 games over 50 minutes at 13. So we can take out the edge games where he had more attacking upside. And he still averaged 65 points, sorry, 62 points in those 31 games in the middle. So there's 10 points of value. And that's was that was in a poor night side. Sorry, that was in a poor Bulldog side and a poor Raiders side. Now finds himself at the Knights, who are a team on the up. Is Adam Elliott a case of we can't go there because of the other cheaper options that are 50k cheaper. I tell you what, he's been in my team a number of times. I don't know about you, Maddie, but I he, I've seen Adam Elliott as my most expensive two RF, probably at least three different times in the last two weeks. Yeah, I did for about two hours at one stage, and gee, it was a good two hours. But I just like I was just I was just walking down. There was this spring in my step. I was just hitting my fourth coffee at about nine thirty six a.m. It was a really good day. Um, but I think if like if I make some pivots, like TLT happens, and a couple of cheapies emerge, and I can move like a a three hundred k guy down to a two hundred thirty eight k guy that I think is going to have the same upside and I find myself with a bit extra money, like going firmer or like a, a blur or someone <laughs> like that to Adam Elliott is like the ultimate luxury upgrade. And um, I, like the, like there's not the upside there, but there's <laughs> the base and the fact that he's going to, what we think he's going to score 60, right? I'd be surprised if he doesn't score 55. Um, and that's a five point increase, really. Take out, take out. So we just said, we said he had a five round average of 63 to finish the season. He played one weird game in round 25 where he played 44 yeah. minutes and then he scored a 37. Take out that. He had a four round average of 69.25. And it wasn't anything extraordinary. It was a 66, a 75, a 70, and a 66. And that, that, they were his Raiders numbers. They were the boost for Elliott days. Like that was peak. <laughs> Peak my content creation was boosting for Adam Elliott and copying so much shit for it. But take out the weird 44-minute game. Yeah, 69 average to finish the season. You're paying 51 for him? Like, come on. And, I mean, that year, that big year where he averaged no 75 Kurt, minutes per game. No Kurt, man. Yep. Yeah, that, it, yeah, there's no one to steal minutes from him. Who's going to steal minutes from him at lock? Oh, I want Adam Elliott, boys. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. And we don't I even hope, need to boost uh, to I get him, Josh. Hands, I hope I can go hands to Joey Lusick and then I can maybe go firmer to uh, Adam I Elliott. Have, 
I have the cash to go Peter Cora and Adam Elliott live on on pod. Oh, is this another live trade? <laughs> Second live trade of the year. I have oh, enough cash as well to do Fermor up to Adam Elliott right now. I've got 142k in the bank. That's the thing though. Like people are like, oh, he doesn't have any upside. Like, I don't fucking care if I'm paying 51 points for a guy that could get me like 65. Like, sweet. Like, if we're yep. sitting there saying we're happy to pay 660k for Cam no, and that's the thing. And this is this was my mini rant last week. Like everyone expects everyone to have 100 point upside. Everyone's going to score 120 <laughs> on their days. And I'm not going to go down that that rant again. But please, Adam Elliott, you know, <laughs> when he's fit and firing, like we saw he was great at the Raiders. He was, you know, not great at the Bulldogs, but he was good. He was like a 55 to 58 point score at the Bulldogs. No Kurt Mann. You know, the Safidi brothers are not, you know, renowned for their durability and fitness, especially Jacob. The and edges football. are probably. I don't. I don't see Kai Pierce Paul playing eighty straight away. Like no. Dylan Lucas is not really a recognised middle. Like, is, is Jack Hetherington still on the roster? I'd have to check. Um, He's still there. He's still there somehow. I don't know. Like, I think Adam Elliott could be a guy where Adam O'Brien just says, "All right, can you please give me sixty minutes?" If there's anybody on this roster, right, in this forward pack, that they would go, I need you to bang out. You know some big minute games. It's they got the first man they're going to is Adam Elliott. It's just a no brainer. Yeah, look, we're talking about a guy who won't give you many attacking points. He won't give you much attacking upside, but you can guarantee that you're going to get more often than not what you pay for, and probably more uh, people, in Adam Elliott. People have had people have had Cameron Kinnis in their side, who's more expensive. Yep, he is an eighty k cheaper at uh, Cam McInnes. That's what he is. So uh, before we talk about the second guy, which will be a shorter conversation, but there is, it's worth having a conversation. We do also need to have a conversation about Josh's major sponsor, the Standard Squeeze. He probably does need a yes. Standard Squeeze pack. We, we actually, uh, it's on the way for What's you, Josh. This? It's coming What's very this? soon. Watch this. Far out. It's not broken. No, you no, can throw it's good. Wall, you could rage you know trade after a Monday, throw it at the wall, <laughs> and it'd still be sweet. Yep. That's it. The standard stories, guys, uh, they're helping you drink responsibly. They're helping you drink conveniently. They measure the perfect pour and also can't be broken. You're not going to break any glass bottles, glasses. Uh, you can go to their website, thestandardsqueeze.com. Use Insight 15, 15% off. And uh, if anybody wants to send Josh a new glass, we would appreciate that. Boys, Tyson Frizzell. Now, the, the word has been potentially he might be shifting sides. We know we've spoken about it nearly every episode so far in the preseason. Kalen Ponga loves going left. The left edge back rower benefits from Ponga and his preferences. Is 579K? Like, can we make an argument that Frizzell could be an option this year based on the fact that he starts at left edge, Matty? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I mean, you could, but I'm not, not buying into it at, oh, yeah, at 580K. <laughs> it just turns him into a draft option for me like yep. adam elliott who we chatted about for so long is just such a better prospect than tyson frizzell like good player like you know ex-representative um look at i'm just looking up his age to be honest um at 32 years i'm not buying into the 579k uptick that he's gonna have can we move on josh do you agree yeah, I mean, minutes have stayed the same. So basically, 2022, average 57. 2023, average 57. 2020, 2021, average 63 and 65, respectively. Had a good PPM uptick. Um, but the minutes have been consistent. It's just the PPM going down. Even if he gets the left edge, like how much more is he going to add? Like I don't think it's yep. going to add a heap. Like maybe, maybe five points. Yep. Like if you told me Tyson Fidel averaged 62 playing in the left, I'd be like, cool. If you told me he averaged 57 again, I'd be like, cool. Like, yeah, I think this is just a draft pick that he, he goes one or two rounds higher in draft. And we're, we're having some good draft conversation. This is probably where you find your draft upside or your, your diamond in the rough, isn't it, to RF if you're playing draft. So we'll, we'll probably talk a bit more draft-specific stuff closer to the yeah, season yeah. when everyone's drafting. We, we spoke about hooker, and if it's not JMK, Grant, or Cook, it's just 50 points. Front row yeah. forward, if it's not Haas, Tino, AFB, JDB, it's it's Max King to sixty Max King and Cotter, it's it's fifty to fifty five points. Two RF is where you can take some more flyers because you've got guys yep. that are under underpriced and unfortunately for draft players, uh, their draft boards get fucked by classic players who who just overhype players too much. Yep. Um. So for Josh Schuster got player. took in the fifth round last year in one of my draft leagues. <laughs> Put that into perspective. I think it was Damien yeah. Carroll. Put that classic, into perspective. Classic <laughs> does, shout out to David. Classic does, classic does win draft sometimes. Um, Frizzell didn't finish the season too great last year. Uh, a 51 three-round average, 49 five-round average. So definitely did drop off last year. Um, showed some spurts, you know, with with an, an 82 and an 88 in rounds 20 and 21 against the Tigers and the Storm. But apart from that, it was pretty much what you expect from Tyson Frizzell. Did have an HIA after 14 minutes in round one. So you can discount that, but that probably only bumps the average up to say 55 and a half. So he's not a guy that I'm keen on, even if the left-hand side does swap. Um, I guess while we've driven to Newcastle, we can chat about a couple of other options. We've got yep. um, Dylan Lucas, who is available at center wing, and that's his big appeal. Like he's not a guy that I'm picking at my 2RF because he doesn't have that upside like a Murray or an Elliott or a, even a Frizzell on his good day, and he doesn't. You know, he's not cheap enough to be in the, the category of the seven names that we've mentioned already. Center wing is, is where his value lies. And we've already done a deep dive on him. Averaged 64 in the games that he started last year. Played five games, but started four. And played 80 in all of those. The problem with Dylan Lucas is we were very keen on him, the three of us, with the news that Kaipis Paul's toe was still bothering him and he was going to be maybe four or five rounds away. Seems like... You know, he's going to, Pierce Paul will be playing trials and therefore is a huge shout to play round one. Oh, I mean, it kind of puts a line through Dylan Lucas for me. 
Kind of puts a line on both of them. Well, oh, not Kai Pierce Paul. It doesn't. Not but, at 340k, doesn't. Yeah, no, 502k Dylan Lucas. Yeah, the dual position was probably the attraction, wasn't it? It was like, oh, can we get a starting edge back rower that also can play in the center wing? That That's the goal, isn't it, in Supercoach? If you can get some back rowers that can play in the centers with the consistency and the COV of scoring that they usually have, you can bank yourself 50 to 60 points in the center wing. So, yeah, yeah it's a no for me. Yeah, I just I think with this Pierce Paul news that he's he's back and fit and ready to go, then um, probably puts a line through Lucas. We can quickly touch on on KPP. Uh, not a whole amount of stats to go off. Um, I guess for any Super League aficionado out there, he's played for, for England at such a young age. He's a he's a big big boy. There's uh, some photos of him getting around to the gym. Um, loves a tackle break. I've already hitched my wagon on the KPP Rookie of the Season um, agenda, but. He's not someone that we need to go too much in detail on. If we see him named to start round one, his ownership will, will go up just based off his price. So we can probably yep. get back on the bus and uh, and exit Newcastle. Yes, we can. I think so. Um, let's have a very, very quick conversation around these two guys. Isaiah Papali'i, 568K. Like when, when you say those two things together, you say Isaiah Papali'i and 568K, you think, what? Like, how is that possible? Now, obviously, he doesn't have the front row forward duel that he had two years ago that made him incredibly popular and basically an automatic lock. He's at the Tigers as well. So two things to consider there. But without Brooks, I mean, Luke Brooks was never really been – he's a great runner of the ball, but he's never really been a great playmaker in terms of getting his back rowers in space. Do things change now? I mean, is he worth a punt? And I'm not saying to start the season, but let's just say, for instance, we start to see something from him at the start of the season. Do you just take a punt on him in round before prices change in round three? Matt, what do you think? I think it's really hard, like when you've got these mid-range blokes, but if he's averaging 70 in round three, then you're going to find a way to get him. Um, I think there's just too many unknowns to start with. Isaiah Papalihi. Um, I I got him in it towards the end of last year. I uh, didn't yeah, so. quite work out, but it didn't really burn me. Um, it was just somebody that we knew had that upside. We knew that was worth what eight hundred k at some time. Like if you wake up from a coma from two years ago and you're like, I'm starting my super coach team. Isaiah Papalihi's five hundred and sixty eight k. You'd be salivating. Um, but I s- watched a lot of the games last year, and Isaiah Papalihi didn't get that involved with the Tigers, to be honest. Yeah, I think yeah. that that point is is the point to make. He didn't get involved. PPM, 2021, 1.17, 2022, 1.06. Last year, 0.71. So 35% <laughs> drop off in PPM. Um, if you want to have a, have a bit of a cry for me, boys, uh, Dynasty League, 2022, February, we had our draft. I had the... Mid first round picks, so therefore a mid second round pick. Decided I'd take a you know stable dual position player in Isaiah Papali'i in my second round in Dynasty. <laughs> Not good. I think I took Haas in round one, who averaged sixty eight, and then Papali'i, who yeah averaged like seventy nine, but then did fuck all next last year. Oh, but what a drop off! Like I think we said, I think we said in our Tigers team preview, he had the biggest drop off in terms of. Um, point in terms of dollar amount started the season yep. 831k bottomed out at 504k for a total loss of 319k that is a kai pierce paul he lost a full player's value in one season <laughs> epm drop off um 
It's funny enough, though. His coefficient of variance was the best of his career. The problem was he was he was very consistent at being shit. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just a he was he was just fifty to fifty five, and that was it. Um, I'd have to see more than just two games to to take a punt on him. But if he, yeah, if he, if Caesar, if, Caesar, if Caesar squared him up, if Sullivan squared him up, if Anu or Galvin squared him up, and look, we'll never ever see 2021, 2022 Isaiah Papali'i again. Like, we're never going to see 78 points, 79 points a game. No. But at 56, if he can get back to 65, like, when you're getting into that 65 point category, you're not looking for 10 points. You're looking for just keeper levels. And he'll never be your, your 2 RF1. But I could see a world where Papa Lee averages 65 if the Tigers are somewhat good and he's your 2RF5 by the end of the season, 2RF4. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I think the 2RF5 is realistic. If you can, And, and that's what Maddie and I did last year. I don't know whether you did as well, but we jumped on that kind of mid-season when he price-bottomed out. We thought, fuck, like I, he's dropped three. I jumped, okay. I jumped on the other Tigers edge who also did fuck all as well. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, we just thought we'll take a punt on him and see what happens. And, and it didn't play out, but yeah, like... We know the caliber of player that he is. It just kind of looked like he was a bit disinterested last year. So we we can move on. Uh, can, can I, I mean, t- can I tell you that like so I've got AirPods in, so I duck out to go get a beer or um, use the use the ladies' room, and um, and I can still hear. And I nearly uh, I nearly pissed on the wall listening to Josh's dynasty story about Isaiah. <laughs> it's such a, such a sad story. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't play, for anyone that doesn't play Dynasty, you basically draft. A team, you get one draft, so you draft a team for the next five, ten, fifteen, however long you want to play. They're your players. Like it's not like a regular draft where you redraft every year. I took a second round pick, so I said the second best player on my team would be Isaiah Papali'i, and I did it. Four days later, he signed for the Tigers, and I was like, "All right, cool. He's still a great season in 2022, but then did fuck all. He, he got me seventh round production for a second round Dynasty pick, and then lost you know his jewel." Fuck him. Can you imagine <laughs> ten year, or eight years ago if you drafted Luke Brooks in your dynasty league in the third round him. because he was going to be the next Andrew Johns? Can you imagine how you're going? You would have had fucking nine spoons in a row. That would I be know, I don't know. Tough. If you've read Twitter, if you've read Twitter this preseason, people will have you believing Luke Brooks is fucking going to average 85 points this season. Luke Brooks uh, is the Andrew Johns on Twitter. So... <laughs> Yeah, All right. could be. All right, I, I haven't seen Luke Brooks fall asleep at the airport before, but hey, you know things can happen. Things can happen. Um, you know, has he ever has he ever played good enough to warrant a night that big to fall asleep at the airport? <laughs> yeah, um, I'll tell you who has had a night that big. Maybe uh, Ryan Hammond from Hammond's Home Finance. I don't know. I reckon he has. I've 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 spoken to him about it the nights he's had out, and he's had some bangers. But you know what? He also has some really good quality advice when it comes to residential home loans and uh the insight nrl show is of course brought to you by ryan and uh guys with interest rates they're just booming they're all they're booming all over the country it's pretty tough to get ahead and i'm sure you probably wondered whether your rates are too high whether you can afford that next home you're looking for or your dream home and you don't have to stress anymore you can contact ryan offers confidential lending assistance absolutely no obligations attached as well so you can contact him ryan uh, or it's Hammond's Home Finance on Instagram, uh, or it is ryanhatredeganwealth.com is his email. So hit him up, let him let him know that we sent you, and uh, <laughs> he'll look after you. It won't cost you a thing. Now, Josh Schuster is injured again. Now, the, the word from NRL Physio on X is that he initially fractured a finger in the off-season. And uh, during that fractured finger, 
going through conditioning, he has uh, tweaked a calf, which we know from Josh Schuster's injury history, he, the guy has an injured calf once a month. So for me, he is a complete fade. I wouldn't go near him, uh, but there is a very relevant uh, guy we'll talk about. Now, unfortunately, we can't talk about him right now because he's not a uh, 2RF-centered player. Um, But I'll tell you what. What do you mean? Fuck it. Let's just do it. I can't see the player profile for for Corey Waddell. Is that... (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) No, it's not Corey Waddell. That's for sure. It's, It's Burbo. Now, we would have talked about him in the center wing podcast, but let's just fucking throw him out there. Burbo, tip to start, left edge. I mean, is he just a lock now? 277K. Like, if he's starting if he left edge, you have weeks. to have him. If he gets four weeks because Schuster's injured, that's enough for me. Um, I think he might be good enough to hold the position. I think they're paying Schuster so much money that they will try and work him back in. But Burbo has the opportunity to go up. I can't believe it. I, I just I don't believe that they're paying him what's being reported. Like surely it's like half of that. And like I think what the media are doing is the Luke Brooks situation, where they're where they're just reporting what are all his incentives added up. If Luke Brooks wins the Dalian, yeah, we'll pay him one point one million. I think that's what they're doing with Josh Shoe. So I feel so bad for the bloke. Like I feel like he's maybe on four hundred. Um, but yeah, I think Burbo's true value lies at center wing. I feel sorry for him. Only get paid 400. Yeah, no, tough life. Tough life. Um, No, but in all seriousness, Burbo's value presents itself at center wing. Um, Everything we said about Dylan Lucas, we can just copy and paste onto Burbo. Probably not 60 points, maybe like 45. But Burbo's a a good footy player. Like, he showed a lot of talent last year, and he just, he does have the the, the body stability of his his brother, Tom. Uh, Why can't they both be built like Jake? Mate. (laughs) Um, Strong thumbs. Yeah, strong thumbs. While we're talking about uh, Orovich's uh, Jerbo uh, had the lowest coefficient of variance last year, boys, at 0.3, uh, 0.13. So for anyone that knows what coefficient of variance is, 13% for Jerbo, the lowest coefficient of variance. What a fucking machine. Um, that is the insane. question then becomes, though, do, do we buy Jake just for the memes to have all three? Why not? No. <laughs> I do in draft every year. But I uh, suddenly I'm turning this into a draft podcast every time you if bring you, up someone if you random. To draft, if you manage to draft Tom Travojevic in a league you don't give a fuck about, do you then go out of your way to draft Jake and Ben? Yes. No. <laughs> Just be fun um, for once, for fuck's sake. But yes, on, on, on Burbo, <laughs> I, think it's pretty, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. 240, 270K, if he's named to start, jump all over him. We don't need to give you stats. Nah, not at all. Not at all. I agree. Uh, Sean Bloor, though, he's in your team, Josh. Like, uh, I mean, coming over from the Tigers, 445K, he's only 6% owned. Like, the, the upside and the excitement around Sean Bloor has been around for two, three seasons. And unfortunately, he's been hampered by injury over at the West Tigers. But now he gets a fresh lease on life over at the Melbourne Storm, who are a quality team. He is better than Trent Liero. He will start over Trent Liero. There is absolutely no question in my mind as to that whether that happens or not. Is there relevance now? Because you do you still have him in your team or is this one of the 30 tweaks still, that you made still, this week? Nah, still got him. Hot boy summer. We, we've got to have a vibes pick in there. Um, Sean Bloor, yeah, he's better than Liero. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't start. Um, had a 0.9 PPM last year. If he can play 65 minutes, then fucking unreal. Um, we just look at... Let me quickly pull up what Trent did. But yeah, look, on, on Bloor, 
we saw what he did against Nathan Brown. Like that's the heart that will live in infamy. Like he sort of Nathan Brown, his debut looked really good. Tigers have had huge raps on him. I'm very sad to see him go. I just think he is behind probably Ian Bateman um, and, you know, now Bolle and, and Matt Moore and stuff like that. But Melbourne will get the best out of him. Like that's just undeniable. Melbourne will, will get him into, in the line. I think he's a guy like these, these edge guys don't need a full preseason. Like they don't need to know combinations. Just if Cam Munster tells you to run a fucking hole, just run the hole. Trent Leero averaged 50 last year, 50.5. And Sean Bloor is a lot more talented than Trent Leero. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him average 56 and he's priced at a 43. And I'll tell you what, Trent Leero. Averaged 80 minutes per game last year. He did not play yeah. one minute less. Yeah, he, he played 80 minutes in every game except for two. Uh, and that was a 72 and a 74. So, Bellyax loves to play his middles for big minutes. No, his edges for big minutes. Yeah, I think what bumped his numbers and his average up was that Golden Point game where he played 84 minutes in round one against Para. So, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, if Sean Bloor can do that, he's going to get you 60, 60 plus, I think. Um, it's it's more a matter of how that rotation plays yeah. out. Like how much faith do you have in Liero, Sean Ball? Liero with his solid 0.63 PPM. Fucking hell. That's just... <laughs> plot, yeah, plot. we're not picking him. You'll notice we're not featuring well, him in this podcast. In, in all seriousness though, like Sean Bloor had 0.9 PPM. If he, if he got 0.9, he averaged fucking 80, which is not happening. But nah, even if he nah. got like a 0.75 and we have that across 80 minutes, that's 60 points a game. And that's I think point seven. I think point seven five is is realistic. If Liero is putting up point six three, um, Liero also had about four thousand errors a game, which I just don't back Sean Bourne into having. Yeah, he'll have it like maybe three thousand, two and a half thousand, probably no way near four thousand errors per game. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's um, definitely four thousand. Don't look into that either. Like it's it's definitely four thousand a game. Just trust us. Um, so we can move off Sean Blob, but there's two guys I'd like to talk about. One is Jason Taumalolo, Maddie, because you were his biggest fan in the Cowboys podcast. Do you still have him? 7% owned, two, uh, 440K. So I don't own him. Um, if I did own him, it wouldn't be in second row forward. It would be due to how mid the front row forward position is, and he still has the front row forward uh, spot. Um him getting the captaincy taken off him um, interests me a little bit. Um, they've given it to Ruben Cotter. They've taken it from Taumalolo and Townsend and given it to Dearden and Cotter. I wonder if that's a little bit of a changing of the guard. I just thought Taumalolo at 30, maybe he could come back a bit healthier this year, um, could it still have good impact. But the more and more I look at it, the more and more I look at the Cowboys, I think, Tal Malolo's time might be up. When when do we give up? Like when Trade when the, now when the fuck when the fuck does this this preseason chat stop? Because unfortunately, Never. I I had him in my team as well for a period of time, and I was like, fuck, what if? Like, what if he comes back? But his minutes he's only thirty. Yeah, but like he's been playing since he's about fucking thirteen, and been playing eighty minutes a game since he's been about thirteen. Like he's yeah, well, yeah, average at thirty. His average minutes per game in the last five years, 64, 61, 59, 55, 49. Yeah. Straight down. Um, PPM is dropping. Like, the only saving grace is just, like, McLean is old as fuck. Granville's old as fuck. Hess sucks. 
Like that's that's the only saving grace for for Lolo. We bought him last year. Literally, I remember sitting on my podcast and he was priced at 58. And I said, well, he can't get any worse. And then he put up 13 points worse than what he fucking did and, and was terrible. Like, if he came out and averaged 53, I wouldn't be shocked. If he averaged 29 points a game, I'd also wouldn't be shocked. Like, Trent, Trent, um, Todd Payton said some concerning things about players won't be, he was asked why why did you change the captaincy and he said oh players won't be around much longer and i'm not a huge tad townsend guy but i don't think lolo's long for for the NRL, for, for the cowboys can lolo just go to the cow can lolo just go to the dragons oh and just, i was about to say the dragons would be the ultimate destination for lolo wouldn't it like oh, like that that would be ideal but it, look fuck it's not going to happen he's going to end up somewhere him off the him bench and just play 80 minutes that's it doesn't yeah. move off it. That would can i nice. just tell not you something happen. i just googled when does jason Taumalolo's contract end and it's the end of the 2027 season cuz he signed that 10 year contract yeah. at the time i was like what a what a deal like this guy is I generally thought he would be like the greatest forward of all time. He signed till he's thirty, till he's only thirty-four. Like it wasn't a bad contract at the time. No, it just no. It just I reckon it was. I reckon it was a terrible for for him. I reckon it was a terrible contract because he got locked in. He got locked into a mill a year. That's fine, but fuck this guy at his peak. If he got traded right, and he, if he got moved on or re-signed somewhere else, he would be putting up. 1.2, 1.3 as a minimum every single year. He sold you himself reckon, short, potentially three mil over the ten you, years. You reckon? You reckon the play when he was twenty four was to sign for like four years, four years, four yep. mil, yep. and then when he's twenty eight, just go fuck it, give me, give me five years, seven million dollars. Hundred percent. And that's what mil. everybody else does. It's what every other player does. You don't sign tell ten year contracts. No one knows what's going to happen. Over that period of time, I know that he's probably thinking, "Oh, injury. I need security," and and that's fine. I understand his that. Contract, his contract is also probably back ended, like the fucking shit ton. Like out of, out of sure. ten million, so what's that? A million a year. He probably was only making like six hundred k for the first couple of years. So if you're Lolo and you're like, "Fuck, I'm thirty four and going to be making like one point four million a year," like it's hard to turn that down. But and I get to pay thirty four minutes a game and get paid that much money. <laughs> yeah. um, How good. Problem with Lolo is his body as well. 2019, 18 games. 2020, 16 games. 2021, 15 games. 2023, 24 games, which was nice. But then last year, 16 games as well. So he's not playing many games, not playing many minutes. Shit PPM. Yeah. And the only reason we're talking about him would be front row forward. Yes. Jewel. That's it. That's the only reason we're talking about him. So yeah, if that's the case and you need a bit of a reality check, it's like, all right, cool. Let's just move on. But I'll tell you who we don't need a reality check from, Angus Crichton. We've gone into bat for this bloke all preseason because he's 6.1% owned, 410K. He's coming off a career year in 2022. It seems like we've just completely forgotten how good this guy was besides last year. Uh, 47 about- in base. 19 in evade and create per game. He played 70-plus minutes per game as a bare minimum. He was the kangaroo's back rower. Like, what are we missing here with Angus Crichton? I was going to say, you talk about a guy like like Tamalola who's washed, who's universally washed. Fuck, if you're on social media, Crichton's the same. Everyone's off him. He's he's done. He's done. He's he's useless. Two years ago, he was the first person I'd pick him outside. I'd open up the app. Yep. I don't really give a yep. fuck how much everyone else costs. Crichton's a year in. ago, I was. 
Roosters were it's, weird last preseason. Like they had the Crichton stuff. They had you know, all those weird Facebook rumors about cheese and the team hates him and blah, blah, blah. I remember reading them all thinking fucking whatever. But like yeah. the Roosters just had a weird vibe last year. Yep. The and, problem is Angus, Angus had a bad year when everyone else fucking evolved. So now it's like Angus fighting against like 18 other people for a spot. Yeah, it's like, oh, Nat Butcher. What about Nat Butcher? What about Egan Butcher? What about all the edge back rowers? What about the middles? Like it's Angus Crichton. I don't care. Doesn't bother me at all in the slightest. I think I, I think he's still worth looking at for sure, and and because he's so cheap as well, like you get a also, seventy minute. Like yeah, I don't expect I don't expect him to play eighty minutes on the edge. I don't expect any of these races no. players to play eighty on the edge. But Wong can't play through the middle. Egan Butcher can't play through the middle. Tupanua can that a pinch? But you'd much rather play Angus for forty off forty on the edge and then twenty through the middle. Yeah, like you'd just much rather and that. Even at sixty minutes, he's a buy. He's a comfortable buy at 60 minutes. So, yeah, it, it, look, I would definitely prefer him over Wong at this point in time. Is he in your team? Um, is he in any, either of your boys' teams? No, because of his price. Because he is very easy to move to. He is cheaper than all these other guys that we have. So, and this is, you know, my, my golden rule of build expensive, downgrade, don't, yep. don't build cheap and upgrade. So, for me, like, <laughs> right now, live trade alert, I did peer core to, to um, Elliot. Like Josh Curran down to Angus Crichton gives me money if for whatever reason Crichton did get the start. So he, he'd be in there if he's named. Yep. You know what I could do? I could do Fermor down to Crichton right now and I would have $200,000 in the bank to go up to Payne Haas at front row forward. You know, and that that's exactly the perfect example of what you just spoke about, Josh, and being able to kind of just build expensive. You can move your players around and get better players in. Um, much much easier, but yeah. Look, we've it's talked about we Gus Crichton heaps. It's why we all should have hands over Lusick. And if yep. you play fantasy, it's why you yep. should have Lusick over hands because there's just a price difference, and it's so much easier to, to downgrade. Yep, yep, for sure. We won't go on about Gus again. We're we're all big fans. Look, if you want to hop in the Discord and ask us questions about Gus, and and we'll give you a detailed answer on that. Hop in there. Um, I'm not talking about him for a fucking third podcast in a row. I feel like he's to be guy. fair though. If if one player warranted it. It, it would be Gus if we – he might – he might we if he gets Gus. named TLT, Go on. if he gets named TLT, we might – on Wednesday after TLT, we might just do an hour Gus highlights preview. Hey, I'm we for that. We might just have an emergency At Gus my place. Come on over. <laughs> A Gus circle I'll fly jerk. down. <laughs> hey, no, it's not the first that. time I said circle jerk on this podcast. Maddie lets it rip every single week on the it's, NBL show. So. Yeah, it's not the first time this week. All right, let's <laughs> let's move to the cheapies because this is where you're going to enable a, a lot of them, and we've got a fucking few cheapies to get through, boys. Go mm. to bonus bank first. Yeah, Do it. yeah, good on bonus bank. There are, if you didn't know, they're Australia's number one match betting site. You know, you can go to bonusbank.com.au. You can use their code Insight to get twenty five percent off the first month of your premium subscription. So they give you a ton of different tutorials on how to take advantage of. Uh, you know, bonus bets and different things like that. So go and uh, start making some money with Bonus Bank and use the 25% off code INSIGHT at checkout now. So it's free So it's free to sign up. So you get the opportunity to to sort of work out what they're all about for starters and then to get access to their calculators, like, you know, where you want to spend your money um, with no risk bets um you pay for the subscription so uh you could get it back just by you know 
chuck in 200 bucks in some sport, sporting bets accounts, you know, whether you're betting Ladbrokes against sports bet. Um, I hate pointing out particular vendors, but they take access to all the smaller ones as well. Uh, bet R, Bet M, all the gold bet, all the little ones. And, um, yeah, you can take advantage of every promo they get. Um, match, I've actually betting, really enjoyed that's betting at its yeah. at its simplest is just finding discrepancies in the market where you have a guaranteed profit. So for example, in the footy, if one team's paying two dollars and another team's paying two dollars ten, another bookmaker, it's just guaranteed profit. And just bet on both. Yeah. Exactly. Bet bet on both. You get a free outcome. A lot of these places have like if your team loses, get a bonus get a bonus bank bonus bet back if your team's up by six at half time. I remember I was uh, actually a member before jumping on this podcast and we had a dream collect. It was like I think it was in the NBA. Team was up by 12 at half time, so bet automatically got paid out, and then the other team came back and won. Double collect, absolutely risk free money. So, yeah, definitely worth checking on. But, um, yeah, it's great. We go from talking about making free money to trying to make some free money with these cheapies with uh, with some, with some 50k enabling. to be one of the better segues be I've heard on this show. Morgan Smith, Morgan Smithies, go on. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an interesting one, six percent owned. 345k. I've been against Morgan Smithies just because of the fucked suspension that that horse has. It's just mm. like when Smithies gains momentum, horse is back, and it's like, does he start? Josh Papali has spoken at length about enjoying coming off the bench, and he he likes doing that. But then Horsburgh was so good at 13. Do you want to move him a prop? And in the modern game, like Horsburgh's on a mad ball player, so it's not going to change his role too much. Smithies has played for his country at a young age. I feel like I could say everything I've said about Kai Pierce-Paul. Uh, same with Morgan Smithies. Played at his, for his country at a young age. Someone gave me a stat today, boys, that Morgan Smithies had the most tackles out of marker in the Super League last year. Loves a hustle play. Loves a, loves loves to give effort. Loves a hustle play. That's a good stat. Yeah, great stat that, that was sent to me. I've, I should have written down the name. If Ricky comes out and says he's our 13, what do we do? In and round in- one? No, no, if Ricky says he's he's my third, we bought him to start. All right. First of all, it's Ricky. I don't believe a fucking <laughs> word that comes out of his mouth. Don't care. It's our boy. Um, it's like he, thing. He'll be like, he's trained well. We've got a lot of competition. Uh, you know what's going to happen? Do you know what's going to happen? They're going to go, yeah, Morgan Smith, he's, he's our 13. Tom Starling, he's really earned this starting hooker role. And uh, we're going to set, we're going to back in Tom Starling for 80 minutes. And then you basically know that his Smithies thing is also a lie because he fucking hates Tom, Tom Starling. So... <laughs> I'll, yeah, I can't do it. I, I just don't trust when, the bloke. When it comes to Ricky Stewart, you know who I'm a big fan of? James Schiller, who sat in my team for the whole year <laughs> after playing the first two games and never getting a price rise out of it. I was actually on a walk today. I was, I was, I was having a walk today, and I was thinking to myself, oh, yeah. remember, how, remember how no one says there's any cheapies, and then James Schiller just out of fucking nowhere got named? Like, just out of fucking nowhere, just some random gets named, and they in your hold Stephen Bradford. But like... The, but Smithy's like he has a similar play comp to like Victor Radley. Like good ball player, loves a tackle, might spend six weeks on the aggressive. sideline games. Aggr- aggressive, aggressive English man, which Ricky seems to love. Um I don't know, like it's hard. You think back to John Bateman, he was four hundred K when he came over, he averaged seventy five. Like it's just like Ricky can do good things with mm-hmm. English bills. Elliot Whitehead's say what you want about Elliot Whitehead, he's played nearly three hundred games, which says a lot. Um, it's just fucked, isn't it? Because Horse is back in round four, and it's like you get one price, you get one guaranteed price rise, and then fucking you're sitting there clenching your ass at four four hundred one on Tuesday round four. 
I don't think I can. Um, with the with the plethora of options that we have, I I actually would just rather back in Justin Matamua, who is also only three percent owned at two hundred and thirty eight k, and maybe that's my Tigers bias. I'm I'm not one hundred percent sure. It probably is, um, but fuck like. How many question marks do you need to have? You said on another show, I think it might have been the last show, um, how many ifs do we need to have on a player before we go, yeah, nah, too many? Like, how many ifs are there on Morgan Smithies or any Raiders player at the moment that isn't named Joseph Tarpany? Or Danny Levi. Just <laughs> like it. J- just lock in Dylan Egan. Just lock him in. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk on him That's soon. a good little segue. Um, yeah, well, we, we can talk on him now. Um... Yeah, so for anyone not in the loop, uh, Tom Trevojevich scored two tries in 20 minutes against the Dragons in a, in a scrimmage and then came off and then said, all right, cool, let's go to Vegas. So he's not going to play any trials. Um, but after that, after that, Shane Flanagan came out and just basically gave this young kid, Dylan Egan, huge raps. I remember he played the trials last year. I think he played like the Resi's trial in the week one last year. And he was really good. Played New South Wales Cup all last year. But Shane Flanagan has said, makes a lot of great defensive reads, fittest player at the club. Like, he'll put his head where others won't. If you say, be here, he'll be here. Like, Flanagan's had a huge, huge praise on him. Um, and there seems to be a vacant edge spot up for grabs. Jaden Sewell will have one of them. And Jack Burr is now moving to right center. Um, so there's an, an edge spot up for grabs. And Dylan Egan at 204K, now 3% owned. That's His ownership has tripled since I last looked at it when it was like 0.9%. Um, but yeah, like, we don't have huge stats on him, boys. But if you see a guy at 204K get named to start, you don't need him to do a 204K. What does he need to score? 19 to hold his price? Just get on the field. Yeah, just I don't care. You walk Franklin on, Pelle. you get points. No, no, oh, we don't Franklin talk about Pelle. Franklin Pelé on this show. But, oh, like, uh, he's sort of Dylan Egan. And, look, I want to watch a bit more of him, but, like, could be, like, a Jacob Preston or someone like that. My, like just a my hard, player comp, hard work. And my, my player comp was Jackson Ford. Yep. yep. Great. Just, yeah, just very solid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, if he ends up like Jackson Ford, great. He's a no-brainer. 204K basement price. Just chuck him in your team now. The good thing is he can be a placeholder when you move on to, to he's someone had, else. He had, he's had more buzz than fucking Viliami Fafita, who's 25% owned. Hey, good shout. Good shout. Just move him across. Yeah, but he's got a um, ripper name. Like, I tell you what, Dylan Egan, <laughs> boring as shit name. Billy Army, you get Billy Army and Fafita. Yeah, like, I know. Talk about explosive back roller. People are just typing it in wrong. They're just like <laughs> they're looking for Kickow and they're looking for David Fafita. Fuck me, he's two hundred k. What happened? <laughs> you got with the dragons. Bad season. I woke last up from year. a coma. Um, um, boys, Justin Matterboy, yeah. our, our Tigers boy, Brainer. You got your jersey on, repping, repping the lads. Yep. Um, been awfully quiet at the Tigers camp this preseason, which I'm not too sure how I feel about that. I the like it real, personally. The only real, the only real preseason noise I've heard is Benji rates Galvin uh, and said he could start this season. Yeah, but apart from that, like if Egan doesn't start, um, if he's like named on the bench or whatever, like we're gonna have one of these like sub 250k guys. Is Matamua the guy? I'm going to go ahead and predict that he starts off the bench, um, but he works his way into the starting 13 jersey by origin. That That's 
kind of the way that I see it going. They're, they're just going to give him some time. He didn't play a lot of NRL football last year, so it doesn't really make sense for me to for, for him to go, yep, I'm going to start at 13 in round one after playing how many games last year? Fucking two. Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't think Benji will do that. But again, hey, new coach, new philosophy, the amount of things that Benji said over the preseason and he's talking about uh, making sure that his bench is strong and but also talking about the fact that everyone is going to earn their spot this year through preseason. Well, age is no number. Like if you're good enough to, yep. to if you're good enough if if you're good enough, you're old enough. The thing with the Tigers is Matrix as well, like we suck. Like there's no expectations for us this year. So let's just build. What's the point of rolling out Alex Twile, a thirty year old Alex Twile? Like yes, we love him, but what benefit do we have of rolling out a 32-year-old David Clemmer, a 30-year-old Alex Twile, like when we've got guys like Fainu and, and Galvin and, and Matt Amour, all these guys that are going to be around for years to come and you want to try and get as much combination set when you have your $1.3 million man coming next year. I, I agree with you. Like, why not suck and play young players rather than suck and play David Clemmer? I think David Clemmer would benefit from a trade. I know that like a trade is an NRL thing that doesn't happen that much. I know I follow a lot of the NBA, but like, you know, send David Clemmer somewhere else and get a younger piece back. Um, I think that's something that the Tigers should look into. Like, you know what? You're going to be outside of the top eight this year. That's fantastic. Try and build on something. Yeah. If we could get a first draft pick back, would be, I reckon we'd be in a pretty good spot. You're right though. You'd rather suck and build these young kids than just be just be in mediocrity. You'd rather be the San Antonio Spurs tanking for Wemby than being the Atlanta Hawks and just being mid as fuck. <clears throat> Very quickly, who do who do the Spurs tank for now that they're tanking again after Wemby? Jeremy Sir. Sochan. Bronny James? J- Jeremy Sochan at Thank God. Alex it could Sir. be Alex Sar. Could be Alex Sar. Maybe Sar. Um now, look, a couple of guys. Let, actually, we're on the Tigers map, so let's talk Samuel Afainu. Like, lots, a lot of props talking about this guy coming over from Manly. Everyone's a big fan of this guy. I mean, I don't 7.5% owned, though? I don't, Josh? Yeah, like, I, I, I'd love to pretend like I fucking know, know everything. I don't know enough about Samuel. I know a little bit about Latu, but I don't know enough about, about S. Fainu. I, I know there's huge raps, but maybe you know a little bit more than me. He looks like he looks like he may jag the seventeen the seventeen jersey. Yeah, I think that's that's the best situation. I think with with Finu was Samuela Finu. Um, I mean, all I've seen from this guy, I've seen some New South Wales Cup stuff from him, but I've also seen him getting a punch on in New South Wales under nineteen Origin, and I'm a fan of that. Yeah. So get the man we in the team. Some, need some mongrel get around. <laughs> we do. We got Johnny Bateman, but we need someone to back up Johnny Bateman. You know, Johnny so, B. Um, Johnny I B. fucking love Johnny B. <laughs> good. Um, he was yeah, good last year too. Probably seventeenth jersey at best. So tenth Tuesday. Um, we, we had a hard on for Sean Bloor. There may be a slight kink in that. Uh, in Jack Howarth Matrix, five hundred k, five hundred k year man. Bellamy said he doesn't no. want to rush him, but is now the time to to get him in? Well, look, like I don't think we'll rush him when he's thirty either, and he's still not playing first grade. <laughs> the world's most expensive <laughs> player. I mean, like, he just feels like a guy that's there and thereabouts every year and then just doesn't get named and gets one game at Origin every year if Christian Welch gets a run or something random. Like, What's that I don't he's, know. He's like Two years away from being two years away? Yeah. yeah. I'm just not 
ever gonna add Howarth in my team. No, like, you will. You'll add him every preseason until Teamless Tuesday, you and need then someone to fill the spots. Yeah, yeah, he's just a great preseason place. Poor man, Dylan That's... Egan. Like, <laughs> at least someone talks about him. Bellamy doesn't is, talk about Howard. He is. Nobody he is talks t- about Howard. He is Titans Greg Marzu from about 2018 to 2021. <laughs> hey, if he turns tight. into, if he turns into Greg Marzu of 2023, uh, in 2026. That's fine as long as I jump on that year. I watch so much NRL and I don't even know what Jack Howarth looks like. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly. Like, All right. Let's uh let's finish up with a guy we probably should have spoken about last episode, but sticking to our rule of their primary positions. You might Knights, boy, blue. Liam Knights, uh 332k. We've spoken about it all preseason, boys. The dogs have no one. Uh, and Liam Knights has come over, played some okay footy for the Dogs last year, but looks like he's going to cement that starting spot with uh, Ryan Sutton being off for injury. You've got Max King taking at one spot, current at 13, you would imagine. And then the benches, you know, Patolo, uh, Curtis Morin, Harrison Edwards, uh, RFM's just left as well. So there's definitely some minutes there. Do we... Is he a guy... Is, I think it's a weird situation for Knight Boys. He's too expensive to bench. But is he good enough to start as your front row forward too? If he is starting prop in round one, I'm going to say yeah. I, I, it just depends. We're looking at front row forward as one of those kind of low upside positions, aren't we? So if if Liam Knight comes and gets you 40 and Payne Haas gets you 75, you've got 115 points. And we had this chat the other uh, the other day on the front row forward pod. Like you're going to get 120 points from your starters, 115 points from your starters, most of all. Um, if Liam Knight's your second and you want to get Payne Haas and it frees up cash elsewhere, then you do that. I I think with the yeah with the lack of middles, I I don't think it's not a bad I don't think it's a bad option. I think Liam Knight could be a, a decent shout as your second front row forward, Matty. What do you think? I've made the decision to go a Payne Haas. Honestly, chatting about Tino made me salivate for him a little bit, but like a Payne Haas and a Tino. And a Liam Knight over a Max King and a Reuben Cotter. I think that I would rather spend my money that way. Um, and then, you know, I've got Sam Hughes and uh, Henry at on the bench. I don't think you play Liam Knight at second row forward uh, yeah. due to the front row forward no. duel. But, yeah, look, Payne Haas and Liam Knight, I think I'll score as many points as Reuben Cotter and Max King. Well, that's, that's, so the, that's, the that's question, where I'm going to leave that. Where do you want your money? How do you want your structure? Do you want two 550K guys or do you want 1.1 million made up in a, in a primo and a cheapie? And I just think more flexibility with, with Max King and Cotter. Like, it doesn't have to be those two guys. It could be, yeah. you know, t- two other guys. I just think if Knight shits the bed, then what? And that's if, what I'm asking if, myself. If Tino scores 200s to start the year or Payne has scores 200s to start the year, then what for you? Cool. Well played. Mad. I'd, I'd much yeah. rather risk it with, with Tino. With, I'd, I'd, run, uh, I'd much rather risk it with Payne Haas getting an extra 30 points than and me not getting on that, but having Heinz Cleary, Turbo, Pappy. Uh, sorry, Heinz Cleary, Turbo, Ponga, Brown, then getting Liam Knight who gets 18 points in 26 minutes 
and Curtis Moran plays more. Because then you're like, well, fuck, I've got to find 300k to get another decent front row forward. And that's the only reason. And if you take the punt on Haas and it works, well played. I'd much rather just get 120 points in 60-point increments than pay nearly three-quarters of a million dollars for Haas. Does everyone remember that there was a probably three- or four-week play? Might have been a three-week play where Liam Knight, when he was at the Rabbitohs, went on a bit of a run last year, and he, he scored a couple of 60s, 70s, and everyone's looking at Liam Knight going, oh, fuck, this could be a go. And <coughs> I was a bee's dick off getting this guy in, and then he went 11-7 and seven or something, and his minutes just tanked out of nowhere, and he's so capable of doing nothing in a game. And that's just what scares me, Liam Knight. Just I don't know whether he has that genuine base and that work rate. Like, obviously, he's I, been playing on an edge. Like, playing at props, very different than playing on an edge. But is he capable of playing? Don't be the optimist, but you just said a 330K player scored, like, a 60 and a 67. Like, yeah. On an edge, though. Different role. Yeah. I just... Look, I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable starting him. Yeah. And I could completely pivot, but I think Liam Knight is somebody that you would rather go, you'd rather spend 100K from a Henry to a Liam Knight than not. So shout out to the Supercoach Collective. They did a big breakdown of Liam Knight. Um, So since 2019, games over 35 minutes, Knight has an average of 47 points per game. That's through 44 games. Um, with a 41 and a half minute sample size. So he's played over 35 minutes with a PPM of 1.13, priced at 32.5. He would only need 38 minutes to give 10 points of value based off his PPM, like his historic PPM. So you'd need to see Liam Knight play 38 minutes to get him to 42 and a half points, which do you believe there's 40 minutes for him getting around? Yeah. Like, look <sighs> at the lineup. Yeah. I, I think, think there has to be, doesn't I think it? There's 40, I think there's 45, 50 for him. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about what, 50. How many, I think how that's going to be the stretch. Think I, think, I think 40 is probably where he's going to cap out at. How many minutes do you think Sam Hughes is going to play? 25? 30? Give me Harrison Edwards. Where's he gone? Like, give, he was, I, he was great last year. There's 33 minutes. I, I think I think Knight plays forty, King plays fifty five to sixty, and then the rest is sort of filled in by well hang on. So let's let's do some math quickly. Patolo. There's hundred and sixty minutes between two two middles. So if we think Knight's gonna play forty, King's gonna play fifty five, so that's ninety five, and then we have to find another fifty five minutes. And that could easily be twenty five for Hughes and thirty for twenty five and thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's out of the question for Knight to play forty minutes. Yeah, I think 40 is fine. But, I mean, do I – yeah, and look, that, that might be enough. If you're happy with 40 from Liam Knight and that's your plan and you're going to go and use that cash elsewhere to get a better uh, get a better play, then yeah, that's 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 the, the mental side of Supercoach. Are you going to be okay? Like, you know in the preseason, if Liam Knight scores you 42 points, that's 10 points of value. And that's what you want. Yeah. But yeah. are you okay opening your app on Monday morning and seeing Liam Knight scored 40 points? Like – yeah, you can sit. Oh, yeah. You can sit here and do all the preseason analysis you want, and go. Oh well, if he just gets forty points, amazing. It's much different to when he actually does get forty, week in, week out, and you're sitting there going, "Fuck!" Because we sit there and say ten points of value, that stops after a while. If he's just pumping at 40, 40, 40, 40 that stops. And that that's the Christian Welch effect from last year. 
That's okay. So like, front row forward. Like I, I don't think it's okay in other positions, but I'm okay with that at front row forward. Yeah, I agree, especially for what you're paying for. Him. But why though? This is and this is what I find interesting. Why is it okay at front row forward? Why not look at it as a collective seventeen? Because you're, you're gonna spend that money to to in a higher upside position. You're going to spend two hundred K at five eight to get Dylan Brown instead of Ezra Mam. And yeah, I think saying, the upgrade between Carson, that is Carson, worth more. Carson Knight are the same price in terms of Cotter and King. And this is this is the, the approach that I'm sort of taking is not looking at it as positions, but looking at it as holistic totally. money spent. And it's the same price for two sixties compared to a 75 and a 45. It doesn't matter if the money is being spent in other positions because it's the same collective price in one thing. And I know that it's, that's weird to think about it, but that's, that's why I'm looking no, at it. Is I'm not, I'm not looking at it as my hooker is only scoring me 50 points. I'm looking at it as my 17th option is scoring me 50 points. And that's yep. psychology that I'm trying to look at it this year and trying not to tilt mm. so much about players not performing. And, and you asked before, you asked about Haas if he scores 100 points. And that's the hard part when you're looking at 2RF, aren't we? Like, it's the most volatile position this year in Supercoach, I think, aside from centre wing. We know centre wing every single year is very volatile. We know it's up and down. 2RF could be as bad this year. No one's looking at primo options. No one's looking at grabbing for feeder. We're not loading up at 2RF with 600, 700K guys like we do in previous years. We're looking at loading up with 400K punts. So now it just, it just creates way more questions and answers. And we don't have you them want, all. You want to compound that with more punts at front row forward and hooker yeah. and, 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 and a high upside center wing. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and that's right. I, I think that's probably the, the risk that we're playing. The game we're playing at the moment is, do you want two cheap hookers? Do you want to also then play the game of a cheap front row forward and a heap of cheap center wings? Because that could be incredibly bad. That's the thing. I don't think either of, of us three are ever winning $1,000 for top score of the round. Because I just don't think we take no. enough risks to get yeah. that massive ceiling. But we'll hopefully be there or thereabouts just through consistency. Like we'll never be yep. the first rank, but hopefully we're always in that sort of top 15%. If you're in the top 15% every week, you'll go close to winning the game. People think you've yep. got to have massive scores every week. Like if you're in the top 20% of scores every single week, you'd go very close to winning, winning the competition. Yep. yep. 100%. Guys, I don't know about you, but I'm spent. Spent nearly two, two hours <laughs> talking about two hours. At least spent half an hour talking shit before we record. Yeah, we did too. But I enjoyed that. It's good fun. But we've talked through cheapies. We've talked through the mid-rangers, which there's millions. We've talked through the, the three primo options. We didn't talk about a fair few players. Uh, Molly Olaquatu, blah, blah, blah. If you hop in the comments and you say, oh, well, you don't rate this player, it's not because we don't rate them. It's because maybe they're, they're, there's so many players. There's so many players. We couldn't it's cover be, them all. It's but because of, if, it's, because we've got a, it's because I've got a wife and kids and I want to play 2K tonight. Is why I didn't talk about Hamali Olakuatu. <laughs> We'd be here until midnight for sure. Me, boys, give me the floor for literally forty-five seconds, and Do I it. will, I will say overs under or underpriced, overpriced. Okay. Uh, Fafita overpriced, Tino overpriced, Hopgood overpriced, Nika at value, Yo at value, Olakuatu overpriced, Carrigan overpriced, Tohu overpriced, Sorensen overpriced, Katoa value. Um, there you top ten. So if you're looking at any of the premiums in that top 10, hopefully my 
quick overs and others is giving you some insight. That 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 hopefully that stops the comments of why didn't you talk about X player when we're two and hours in. If if anyone's seen the gif of um uh the hangover where the guy's trying to do the math at the table at the at, when he's playing poker and all the pluses and minuses and numbers are coming up in front of the screen, that was just me trying to work out what Josh was going through. I'm gonna have to watch this back. Uh, yeah, look, I don't think there's anything else to be said on 2RF. We've, we've covered it all. We've done our best. It's been two hours of some dribble, some good chat. Hopefully, you've taken something from it. But before you do, chat, yeah, yeah, there's been some good chat. Um, oh, but guys, don't real, forget real, to... Real quickly, we didn't yeah, talk about Mitch Barnett. We didn't talk about Mitch Barnett. I think Mitch Barnett's a really good front row forward option. <laughs> Only if he's uh, goal kicking. No, it's a... If he's no, goal we, kicking. We, we didn't talk about him in the front row forward podcast because he was 2RF at the start, so we dismissed yeah. him. I think he's yep. a really good front row forward option, just quietly. So I just want to leave. I'm going to throw this as, as a chapter of the episode right at the end for like three seconds. Like, yeah, Mitch, Mitch Barnett, good option. Podcast <laughs> um, ends ten seconds after the time. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, hit like, hit subscribe, hit follow, hit review, do all those things. We would appreciate it. Don't miss another episode. We've got tons coming. We've got the half and the five eight episodes coming up. You might think it's pretty obvious. Maybe the episode will go for five minutes. You just don't know. But you're going to have to tune in anyway to find out. Um, and it will, you know what, Maddie? It's going to be episode 100 of the Inside NRL show as well. So maybe we'll do something fun. Who knows? We'll give away something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll I'll give away something. It. Love it. Um, guys, join the Discord. Join the Unlimited group. We set the code at the start of the episode. Don't make me say it again. We've got a special episode coming up. Halfbacks are coming up next. We'll see you soon. Been listening to the Inside NRL show. Catch you later. What about Jeremiah Denner? Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 